This is the Patriots pregame show presented by Duncan. Looks down the middle, throws it, caught by Henry at the two, fights away from a tackler, and runs to the end zone, and spikes it for a Patriots touchdown! The Patriots pregame show is the world's largest virtual tailgate, featuring fans of the six-time Super Bowl champion New England Patriots. Fires down the middle for Gordon, reaches up, extends, runs to the end zone, between two defenders, touchdown, Patriots! Christian Arcan, Mike Dassault, Paul Perillo, and Tamara Brown are here to do the grilling as your hosts. This week, the Patriots close out their preseason on the road against the Las Vegas Raiders. James White cuts it under the right arm, cuts it upfield, driving forward, it's diving to the goal line! It's a touchdown! It's and a title for the Patriots! It. I can't believe it! Christian Arcan, Mike Dassault, Paul Perillo, and Tamara Brown are here to get you ready for the game. It's football time, fellas. Let's get into it. Now, live from our studios inside Gillette Stadium, Patriots Nation, welcome to the Patriots pregame show presented by Duncan. And hello, welcome in. It is Patriots pregame presented by Duncan. I'm Christian Arcand in for Hardy. Coming a little hot here. <laughs> Sorry about not that. Presence. Uh, it took all I, uh, all every bit of me not to say 98.5 the sports are right then. <laughs> well, so now uh, I understand why your college radio station wouldn't let you work. That's exactly it. right. Okay. They wouldn't do it's it. Allowed. We'll get to that later in the show. Uh, I am in the uh, I am in the Hardy chair right now. I am uh, being told I'm in the wrong seat, uh, wrong part of the seat. There we go. Much better. Uh, Mike Dussault, Paul Perillo. Hello, fellas. Hello. What's up? Go easy on me tonight. All right. Oh, you go uh, easy. On I us. will give you a segment. If you prove that you do not belong, I will be <laughs> firing. I'm out. Double double barrels. Okay, that works. Now nah, we'll me. have some fun. Uh, it's preseason week three, the preseason finale. The Patriots out west in uh, uh, Las Vegas. Uh, facilities that Bill Belichick could not stop raving about. He really had a great time out there. The Patriots seem to be getting better. Uh, had their best uh, practice in the joint practices yesterday, according to them. Uh, we did hear from Bird Breer that the Raiders thought that was their best practice yesterday, so uh, we can get into that in a little bit. But let's go ahead and start with uh, our keys to the game. Mike, you want to go ahead and uh, give yours? Well, Why well, did you leave the keys up on the table? You wanted to. You've waited all week for it. The whole team's in the locker room right now just listening to this, waiting to hear what you're going to say. Without these keys, the Patriots are destined and doomed to fail. Here are Hardy, Paul, Mike, and Tamara's keys to the game. Why did I steal your key to the game also? Uh, you have the key. You have the right one. All right, I'm just going to jump right in because I already got set up for it. Uh, so my key for the game is uh, pop the bubble. I was trying to think of a clever thing, Paul, with bubble. I don't think I could. I wasn't going to do blow bubbles. That didn't seem right. So pop the bubble. But I think tonight's about bubble guys trying to make it individual performances. We don't know who's going to play. I don't know if the starters are going to. I don't think we're going to see Mac Jones probably. Um, that's just a speculation. Looks like maybe a cameo. Maybe a cameo. But I think uh, you know it's about these lower level guys trying to trying to find a roster spot. I think there's a lot of questions along the defensive line, offensive line, uh, as to the depth in those guys, as to who uh, you know who might be part of the plan going forward. Who could maybe push. A veteran off of the team so that's what i'll be watching some of these guys brendan schooler lebrian ray um you know guys uh, demarcus mitchell demarcus maybe. mitchell's a great one uh, i know you like him paul well, uh, as well as yadney he's not your guy no uh yadney could just and you know just how are these guys gonna play and of course i gotta mention you know i like jabril peppers so i'm curious well he's not he a bubble guy he's been warming up well, he better I, not I, be I, a bubble I, guy i, I, I want to see him play <laughs> or i'm gonna tonight. be all over you <laughs> if he's a bubble guy he's not a bubble they need someone out there as a set the tone though but uh but that's mine keep an eye on the, the bubble guys i don't know if we're gonna take much out of the team performance the, the guys on the bubble real quick before we go on to the next key 
Are any of these position battles compel- particularly compelling to you guys? Like, has there been it's any backup r- stuff? You so, know, right? That's how yeah. I feel. Yeah, yeah. and it's yeah. going to be probably a, a great deal. I would think of our post game show tonight is going to be sort of talking about a lot of these things. I couldn't yeah. agree with you more, Christian. You know, don't confuse a uh, you know having a hard time differentiating between players forty nine through fifty three and fifty four through sixty five as being good depth. You have some decisions to make in terms of what you want to keep. And, you know, we talked about this a little on Thursday on Patriots' uh, unfiltered mic. Do you have a young guy who maybe plays defensive line who plays special teams that might in two or three years project as a defensive lineman as opposed to keeping a guy like Cody Davis who really at this point does not project as a safety? He's just a special teams player. Those kinds of decisions. Don't confuse that with, well, we have – we have incredible depth here at, at, at all these spots. It's going to be a hard, hard yeah. time. Cash one of them out. Like, no, <laughs> you're, you're, you're deciding whether or not you want to keep three undrafted rookies or five undrafted rookies. That, to me, is not tremendous depth. I mean, there's intrigue in that. You know, I think as Patriots fans, we all want to see if Brendan Schooler is, you know, can, can fill one of those roles or if, if Demarcus Mitchell or LeBron Ray and those guys, all of those guys. I mean, this is an important night for all of those guys, but in the, in the grand scheme of things, most of those decisions are not going to come into play with the, the win-loss record in, in 2022. All right, let's hear your key to the game, Paul Perillo. Yeah, mine's simple on the last game. Just just get get in, get out, stay healthy. Yeah. Uh, make sure that, um, you know, no one um, of, you know, and I, I don't want to make this sound disrespectful, but no one of relevance, uh, you know, gets nicked up in a game like this. You know, uh, last week Trent Brown and Isaiah Wynn didn't play at all. Um, is it worth it to have them out there this week? I know Isaiah Wynn was continuing to battle with something physical in Vegas. Iffy, maybe a hand. A hand. Look at his hand out there. Um, so it just, you know, I, I, I'm not opposed to getting a, a series or two like last week for the for the starting offense and defense. But, you know, fingers crossed, get in, get out, and stay healthy. All right. Mine, simple. Mine's close to yours. It's protect Mac Jones. Um, I'm more concerned about the offensive line, I feel like, than just about any other uh, position group right yep. now based uh, on all the problems that they've had yep, and uh, some of the so. personnel issues, too. You got two of the premier defensive tackles, edge players in the game right now uh, on this Raiders team, and I don't know how long they're going to play him. I don't know how long McDaniel's going to keep him out there. But if it's Isaiah Wynn and, uh, and Trent Brown, Great. Both of those guys have had some issues lately that we all know about. If it's Justin Heron and Yadni Kajust, I think we're all a little scared of that. That potential matchup for, for Mac. I don't know how much Mac's going to play. And I made this a key to the game before the reports came out that it was going to just be a quick cameo appearance well, from all these guys. By not playing him, you're protecting him, right? I suppose you are. But that, to me, is is really important. I think yeah. he's had a, a tough camp with, you know, finally some good news here this uh, this past uh, Wednesday with that, with that one good practice. And... Building off of that is what I'd like to see, but at the very least, just keep them upright. Yeah, for sure. I, I mean, I think you're totally right. I mean, I was out there in Vegas for the practices, you know, and uh, and that seems like that their biggest issue is, you know, when there's instant pressure in his face. I mean, no, no quarterback's going to be able to do it, but I think, like, protect Judon, protect Mac. You know, the key pieces you already know. Uh, just make sure that you get they get out of here. I don't love this picture from Ben Volan, too, that looks like the, uh, the field there in Vegas isn't uh, looking so hot, so hopefully that doesn't play a role. Two other guys I just want to mention, though, Paulie. 
Pierre Strong and Kevin Harris, like the two rookie running backs, haven't really seen anything from them this summer. We'll right. love to just see a little glimpse of something because they're probably I roster agree. locks. I agree. And it'd be nice to know that if Damian Harris gets hurt because he did lead practice on Wednesday a little early, that, that some of these guys have some kind of uh, you know, just and potential. I think we haven't a seen chance anything. Because of what you said, um, if they're quiet again, that one of them, you know, I, I have them all five on too, I, but I wouldn't call both the Strong and Harris roster locks. Um, and everybody, I think, is in agreement that they're going to stay around. And I just wonder if maybe one of them, is that a way that you get a roster spot if you think you need to keep an extra defensive back? Um, you know, you have Terrence Mitchell, Sean Wade. you have room for both of those? Well, maybe you do if you get Kevin Harris to the practice squad. Yeah, and I think Sean Wade's you another know? interesting one who didn't really participate in practices out there, just kind of watching. So he's another one that wrong time to get an injury. He's oh. right on the bubble. They need cornerbacks, so we'll see. With that in mind, um, there's players here that have had, uh, I don't want to say disciplinary issues, but we're benched for, for the second game. Um, how do you guys feel about the idea that the starters aren't going to be playing a lot today uh, and that, according to reports, the team seems to be happy, so happy, in fact, with the, uh, with the joint practices that playing the starters isn't that big a deal. Yeah, I, I I came around on it. I mean, I just when I was out of practice on Wednesday, they did so much work. I mean, so many drills, eleven on eleven, middle of the field, red zone, two minute. Uh, it was it was more than you've ever seen anybody play in a preseason game as far as like the starters go. So I'm all for it. You get to this point, let's just keep everybody healthy. Uh, you know, could they use the work? I guess, but I mean, it's not really like they're going to actually be doing what they will be doing of game planning and and all that why make them just go out there and run some of the plays again it just seems dangerous to me yeah and to me it wasn't as much about how they played and it was how much like mike said the wednesday practice um just in following it because i was here uh, but following the the breathless reports of the play-by-play which you know i love <laughs> mike um there was a lot of 11 on 11 work you know maybe a couple of extra than what we normally see at a regular practice so I think that was a sign that we're going to get our regulars all the work that we can here um, and then maybe uh, pull back a little bit. And it is, you know, the two-week thing. Is we're just getting used to this. is only the second year, this new preseason with only three games. So you do have two weeks, you know, roughly uh, from tonight before the start of the season. So maybe you don't want to give them the night off completely. But I just think it's safer to do it on, on the practice field as opposed to, and like you said, talking about some issues with the uh, the playing surface too. I want to combine your two keys of the game here because I think they both point to the wide receivers. There's a group of wide receivers that are all fighting for spots and there's a couple wide receivers who got hurt too. Uh, Wilkerson's out, Thornton's out. That may have thinned the hurt out a little bit, but is that a uh, position battle that you guys think may surprise us when it's all said and done here? I, I don't I don't think so. I mean, I think Paul and I are on the same page with the little Jordan Humphrey hype that, you know, he's had a fine preseason and I'm sure he'll have some catches today, but how many tall, not really that fast receivers do you need? Like, I get that he's been open and made some plays, but not with really with Mac in games. We see, I saw a little in Vegas. They started to give him some reps up there in the slot with Mac. Uh, you know, had a bad drop the first day when he was, you know, like literally like one of the first reps that they ran. It was like, oh, hey, look, little Jordan's out there getting some snaps with Mac. You know, ran like a little crosser and bang off his hands and, and dropped. So I, I think it's kind of set. I mean, I think at some point you were wondering when Thornton was healthy and looking good of like, man, he's. He really looks fast. He looks like he's going to change this offense a little bit. Would it make sense to maybe dump Aguilar or Bourne even with the camp that he's had? But with him out for a couple months, I think you're kind of set with with what they've been running out there, which is Parker, Aguilar, and Myers is kind of the top three. And then Bourne has been you know kind of working his way in here. I and agree. 
I agree. I, I think the receiving situation is interesting because there's no real, in my opinion, you don't have high-end talent, but you have four competent players there. Um, you know, so it, you know, it's one of those things. Would you rather have, you know, two A's and two D's or four C's? And I think Sounds you get like my report card. Well, <laughs> you know, that's, I, I figured I'd, I'd break it down <laughs> to simplistic terms that even a Holy Cross grad could understand. <laughs> so, I mean, I, I think there's an argument to be made either way on that, but I do think they have four competent NFL players. I think Aguilar continues to get short of the sort of the short end of the the stick in this camp. Yeah, I think he's been really good all summer long. And you know, I'm not. No, I'm not no. the biggest, brightest supporter of Nelson Aguilar. Um, I don't think he played all that well last year, but he's been consistently good throughout the summer, and people just sort of want to move on from him. I'm not really sure I, why. I would say, though, Paul, and I'm just kind of putting this together in, in my uh, little brain of mine, um, not, didn't really do much in Vegas. Now, in, like, upon reflection, well, he's another one didn't that really left, do much. He's yeah. another one that left practice, right? Yeah, he did leave practice the second day, and, and like I said, he did walk back onto the field and then spoke afterwards. So we just say cramping, right? Whenever it's hot, somebody leaves and just kind of comes back. Plus, he spoke oh. after practice, yeah, too. Yeah, so it didn't. Didn't seem like he was doing any, but it seems like he's feeling good and, uh, you know, really is, has, has kind of taken that little jump, which is weird to he's see Bourne. One, yeah. Everyone thought it was going to be Bourne. He was the one guy that's that's done really anything in the passing game. Yeah. Right, last week with two True. two big catches, one third down and one down the and field. And I think that he's kind of dynamic in a way that with, you know, on the outside with Parker, you kind of know what you have. It's it's contested catches and comebacks, and, and they've really been working in that slant that they tried last week that yep. they didn't. But those are kind of his plays on the outside, which – you know, we've seen people play that role before. And then, you know, Meyer's certainly reliable, showing contested catchability as well. But, you know, they kind of do what they do. There isn't a lot of like, hey, let's move them around and, you know, try to exploit matchups. I think Aguilar could be, you know, maybe your matchup guy because he has some speed. He has some experience in the slot. So, you know, he might actually be more useful in terms of the game planning stuff than, than any of those guys. You know, the other guys are kind of be in their spots. But I think maybe they can play with Aguilar a little bit. We'll see. Um, earlier today, Trent Brown tweeted, I'm ready to go home. Um, I saw that. I, I did he too. Tre- he tweets a lot of song lyrics and stuff. I don't know that song uh, if that's yeah, a song I don't, lyric. Like, uh, Take yeah. me home, country roads. Yeah, right. Like, could have had other options. There. <laughs> I didn't want to jump all over him because maybe it's a song that I'm not familiar. Well, and I try. I know uh, Matt knows a lot of rap songs too. I don't know if that's a song. I'm not. <laughs> there you go. Um, maybe he's just he's a big fat guy and he's out in the desert and he's hot and he yeah. wants to go home. Is I, I got to be honest with you. About? That's exactly how I took I, it. Me too. Having just been there, I think he's tired of being in 107 degree heat. Um, <laughs> you'll know, Christian, I, uh, I am the least social media savvy guy that you'll ever come across, mm-hmm. like ever. Probably your parents are more social media uh, active than I am. I, don't, I try really hard not to read into that kind of stuff and get, get bogged down into those right. things. So I'm going to ignore that. <laughs> but I want to talk about Trent Brown because I think he's an interesting topic um it goes into the last question yeah yeah, and it goes to the the whole mike reese thing when he talked about last week off the panthers game which he didn't dress for um and mike reese said you know when he saw that they were all going to vegas born in in brown mike reese said the message was clear to him that there was a message sent to them you you practice better and you'll be able to play and i'm paraphrasing his tweet now um and he was saying that Brown's effort and um, in, in level of urgency in the joint practices against the Panthers was lacking. And, you know, I, I know we have our uh, behind enemy lines coming up, so uh, I, I want to get back to this. But I, I, I do wonder with Trent Brown how much effort is the issue. 
All right, then. Uh, as you said, we have our Behind the Enemy Lines segment coming to you right now. And uh, we will be talking with Vinny Bonsignor of the, the View from New England. We go behind enemy lines. Las Vegas Review Journal. From the other side. And that's why you're our favorite uh, pregame show uh, guest yeah. here every year. You guys know you tell everybody that. Oh, yeah. I was on with you guys in 2018, Thursday Night Football. Yep. And I was told I was the favorite guest of the show. <laughs> nope. No. Time now to go behind <laughs> enemy lines. My God, it's coming right for us. Well, I apologize for stepping all over every single piece of imaging <laughs> that has been put together by Matt Morrell. I know yeah. he's worked really hard on all this, and I've ruined every single one of them so far. I'm like three for three, so <laughs> apologies, apologies all around. Uh, let's go ahead to the phones, though, and welcome in our guest from the Las Vegas Review-Journal, Vinny Bonsignor, joins us here on the program. Vinny, how are you? Do we have any? Uh, I could hear you a little bit. Ah, oh, there you all are. Right. How about now? Got you, buddy. Oh, Wonderful. Perfect. Uh, Vinny, it's been uh, it's been a pretty good week, I think, here for uh, for the Patriots. Certainly, uh, all reports are pointing towards a, a good Wednesday practice. However, we heard from Burt Breer that uh, the Raiders actually think they had their best practice on Wednesday. Who had the best practice on Wednesday? Well, I know on Tuesday it was one of the better uh, Raider practices. On Wednesday, I thought it was pretty pretty close. I thought that uh, both teams worked out really well. By the way, just to what I heard uh, coming in was Trent Brown effort. I kind of had to chuckle to myself a little bit. <laughs> oh, I know. <laughs> that, yeah, give it to us. <laughs> Sorry about that, but um, but yeah, um, no, I thought I thought both teams on Wednesday was a lot more even than it was uh, to open uh, the, the joint practices. I thought on Tuesday, to, to be perfectly frank, the Raiders kind of had their way uh, with the Patriots, especially offensively. Yep. Um, but it, it got a little bit better for the Patriots, I should say, uh, on Wednesday. And I thought that both teams got a lot of work in. There was nobody swinging helmets uh, yeah. at anybody. There were no shenanigans, no fights. Uh, it was a clean uh, workout for both days. Uh, and, and so I think that it was a productive day for the Patriots and the Raiders. Well, Vinny, I'll, I'll let Paul tee you up on Trent Brown. Just uh, curious, what, <laughs> what what exactly you're expecting from the Raiders tonight? Do you think we'll see the starters? I, I mean, I was out there, and I, I was blown away by Devontae Adams. They were yelling at me, at me yesterday for talking so much about him. I assume he, him and Hunter, Hunter Renfro are going to be wrapped in bubble wrap tonight. Yeah, I would be shocked if uh, if any of those guys played or Derek Carr. I, I still think some of the some of the players that are in the running um, on the offensive line uh, will, will probably see some time. Uh, today, some of the uh, some of the wide receivers that are kind of figuring into the mix, trying to you know fight for one of those last roster spots, will probably be out there. And some of the defensive players that are in kind of a similar situation, but I don't think you're going to see any guys like Max Crosby or Chandler Jones or Devonte or Hunter. Certainly not Darren Waller um, and, and Derek Carr. Vinny, you know, I'm just curious about the Josh McDaniels transition and. You know, at times, you know, he had the reputation here of being, uh, you know, a bit demanding. And I'm just wondering, just on your early impressions here, how the Raiders have taken to him and the new regime and, and how the transition has gone so far. You know, I think um, guys like Derek Carr um, and, and the holdovers, especially the ones that were on the team last year that went to the playoffs, the guys that have been here for a while, I think they welcome demanding. I think they want demanding. I think that they know what is possible for this team. And they want accountability. They want standards to be set and to be and, and for everybody to be held to those standards. That's kind of been lacking uh, from this organization and this team for a long time. So for somebody like a, a Josh McDaniels and Dave Ziegler to come in and say this is going to be the standard, or we're not going to deviate from that, is being welcomed with, uh, with with open arms without question. How did Bill and Josh seem together this week? How was uh, how was sort of the dynamic of them uh, interacting? I thought it was, you know, uh, they had some brief moments, obviously, together. I'm sure behind the scenes it was a little bit more. But I think what 
for, for me, what was fascinating when I saw the army of uh, Boston and New England media uh, that rolled into town, and I was wondering, okay, I've seen a side of Josh throughout, you know, from day one when he got hired here through OTAs and minicamp and then the training camp. You know, I was kind of fascinated to see um, how it was going to be with him talking to you guys. And um, I thought what I came across was somebody that's really super comfortable being himself now. Uh, and I think that that was probably a bit of a problem you know, when he, when he went out to coach the Denver Broncos, maybe trying to emulate or be a little bit too much Bill Belichick, I think he's figured out that he just needs to be himself. And uh, whether that, you know, whether it works or not, uh, he can live with whatever the results are because he's going to be himself. So it was really fascinating for me to kind of sit back and watch that dynamic of how he was going to be in front of all you guys because, you know, everybody had a lot of questions, obviously, uh, for the New England side of things. And so just watching him interact uh, with his old folks from, from Boston, it was it was pretty interesting to see a man I think who's extremely comfortable with himself right now, um, and is extremely comfortable in the position that he is, the people he has around him, uh, and what he's trying to create here in Las Vegas. Yeah, I, I, I agree with you. I was in that room uh, with with Boston media, peppering him with questions. It was uh, it was great. Always love Josh. Uh, yeah, we know you do. You're always yeah. holding everybody's uh, feet to the right, fire. That's right. That's right. That's me. Uh, Vinny, <laughs> I just. Generally, AFC West, it just seems like a murderer's row this year. I, one of those teams is going to finish in fourth place. What do you think that the Raiders have to do to, you know, elevate in that division and, and, you know, maybe even take the title finally from the Chiefs? Yeah, you know what's so interesting about that question is, um, you know, for being honest, uh, the last couple of years, for a long time, let's just say, um, you know, the Raiders were going to games against teams that were like the Kansas City Chiefs, let's say, or the Patriots, one of the higher echelon teams in the NFL. And, and in the back of their minds, and I think everybody understood, like for them to really truly compete, it would take an off day from the opponent and almost having to play over their head from themselves to have a chance to, to truly compete. I think those days are over. I think they go into almost every game, if not every game, including in their division, being able to look people in the eye now, talent-wise, and say, you know, we can, we can compete on that level. So what is ultimately going to come down to? Are you efficient in the red zone? Are you avoiding silly mistakes and penalties and, and turnovers. And I think if the Raiders can can um, eliminate all those things, I know Josh and his staff are trying to do that. This is always one of the more penalized teams in the NFL. This is always one of the teams that uh, has shot itself in the foot over and over again. They're trying to mitigate that uh, out um, you know, through discipline and accountability. And if they can, because of the talent that they, ne- they now have, they're going to be able to stand you know, toe-to-toe with, with everybody, including every team in their division. So Ultimately, it's going to come down to, are they clean in the red zone? Are they avoiding turnovers? Are they avoiding silly mistakes? And if they do, they're going to win their share again. Vin, I have a simple question that might be, be a you know, more difficult answer, but just your thoughts on Derek Carr and, and where you think he sort of stands. He's been around a while now and been a little bit up and down. Where, where, does he, where do you stand on him? I've always kind of felt like, and I came from Los Angeles, so you know, I knew of the Raiders, and I knew of Derek Carr kind of from afar. So I came here, uh, you know, I'd, I'd always wonder, is the quarterback the issue up there? Is that, you know, uh, the problem? But, you know, it, it, it became pretty apparent early on, uh, starting to cover this team in 2019. It's not the quarterback. It wasn't the quarterback's fault. The talent around him has been abysmal. There's been a turnstile at the coach and general manager and on the roster. And through it all, he's kind of stood there, took the hit, never complained, uh, tried to do the best that he could in uh, adverse conditions for the most part. Um, and I think last year showed when he had Henry Ruggs and Darren Waller was healthy uh, and John Gruden, now the before all that debacle, um, he was playing at an MVP caliber level. It wasn't until 
the situation with Henry Ruggs, and then Darren gets hurt, and then all of a sudden the talent around him evaporated, you know, that they struggled. But when you put good players around him, um, he's a guy that could get the job done. So I, I would expect if everybody stays healthy, and we're talking about Darren Waller and Hunter Renfro and Devontae Adams, Josh Jacobs, everyone that they have in that backfield, if people stay healthy, um, he's got a chance to, I think, be in that top 10 uh, realm as far as quarterbacks. I don't think it's going to be because his play changed any or he got all of a sudden better overnight. It's because he's a good quarterback who, just like everybody else, Matthew Stafford is a great example, needs other good players around him. He's finally got that, uh, and I think that his play is going to reflect it. All right, Vinny, before we let you go here, you just mentioned Henry Ruggs. Obviously, there was a whole situation with Gruden last year and the interim coach and all that. The team still made the playoffs, so it's not like it really torpedoed anything. But is any of that stuff sort of still hanging over this this team now, or did they all really turn the page, would you say? I think they've definitely uh, turned the page. And, um, you know, uh, I thought for them to fight through and get to the playoffs, uh, in spite of everything that was going on, um, is something that they, they, they sort of set a standard for themselves. Okay, this is possible. Um, and, and I feel like they've gotten better uh, roster-wise and I think coaching-wise as well and, and, and in the front office. Uh, so if you put all of those things together, um, this is not a fresh start, but a, a continuation of, from last year and, and it, what they feel is an improved continuation. So uh, they're knocking on wood that there's not going to be any other shenanigans or controversy or any of the stuff that, that, that they went through last year. Um, and then I think it's re- really refreshing talking to guys like Derek Carr and, and other of the leaders on this team, that right now it's just strictly been football, not off-field stuff. All right, we'll leave it right there then. Vinny Bonsignor, thank you very much for the time tonight. Uh, Las Vegas Review Journal, you can find him on Twitter, at Vinny Bonsignor, that's B-O-N-S-I-G-N-O-R-E. Uh, Vinny, thanks so much. All right, guys, enjoy the game. All right. Thanks, Vinny. We will do, even though you just told us none of the good players are playing in it. <laughs> do, you have, do you have to do the? Do you have to do the, this thing when you say the uh, Bonsignore? You got to give like Bonsignore. the little. Bonsignore. Hey, hey, hey. <laughs> um, yeah. So I, Fred thought he was. He, he, he said, "Good guy, <laughs> Vinny. Good guy, <laughs> Vinny. Good guy." I was like, what, what? "Vinny bag yeah, of donuts." I, ah, I, I go, "Yeah, he seems like a good guy." He goes, "No, Italian. is that his name?" Bonsignore. Yes, exactly. That's funny. Well, he didn't give us any Trent Brown. I mean, I guess he kind of the truth. Truth was in the what was not said. Oh yeah, I mean, was that effort? But he came from the Raiders. Like, what yeah. do you think he thinks of Trent Brown's work ethic? Right. I mean, Trent Brown's best year as a pro by far was 2018, mm-hmm. and we all thought he was sort of a lazy, unmotivated right. on a one-year you know, deal kind of right. Playing left I tackle, mean, chance playing to prove the it. best that he ever played. Yeah. He seems like a lazy, unmotivated football player that Dante had to squeeze every ounce of effort out of him you know he was on him that whole year if yeah. you recall yeah now Matt Patricia's got to do it and right? now yeah now it Sometimes. looks like so to get you want to circle back to that I mean we, 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 where are we? we yeah. yeah we all right Matt we're not up against the break no. yeah. we don't really breaks take, we don't even take breaks I'll breaks. just do I'll do the first hardy of that. them's the breaks <laughs> <laughs> I'll do the first hardy did Hardy fill you in up on the no breaks because he's very 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 emotional about that the so no breaks here. <laughs> uh yeah he told me to just keep talking <laughs> the, the Trent <laughs> Brown the Trent Brown thing you know to me and, and I couldn't help but wonder again uh, real quick, just to reset it, you know, Reese had mentioned that it, he'd seemed like the effort was a problem in the joint practices, and that w- mm-hmm. was why he didn't play. That's why he didn't suit up. I, in, in my time covering the Patriots, can't recall too many instances where guys that are fine but weren't expected to play in a preseason game weren't there. If you were injured and you weren't there, that's one thing. Right. But Kendrick Bourne and Trent Brown were not there and they were healthy, which tells you that it's something else. So, you know, Mike sort of pointed to his effort. 
So I started to wonder, like, huh, I wonder if he's sort of leaving the reservation. It's hard because, as Vinny said, effort's been a problem with Trent Brown throughout his career. San Francisco, New England, Las Vegas, and now again in New England. I mean, effort has been periodically an issue with this guy. But I'm wondering if maybe the effort is a problem because maybe he's a little upset. And I brought this up to you, Mike. So he signs Christian a two-year deal to come back. He played what last year? Right tackle. Yeah. All of a sudden, we go out to spring at OTAs, and he's playing left tackle. For right tackle money. Left tackles make more money than right tackles. And the only thing that I don't know is did Bill, when he sat down with uh, Trent Brown and his, his agent, did he explain, you know, like, listen, so we want you to stay. We think we're going to move you to left tackle. This is a, You know, in which case, he's got no beef. Right. Mike Giardi today sort of tweeted this out there. You know, he had a long string uh, in, a, in a thread. Is that what you kids call them? Threads, I right? I believe so. A thread regarding the Patriots' summer. Uh, and a couple of his, his bullet points were Trent Brown-related, and he said that he was absolutely told. Uh, he was uh, absolutely not told. I'm sorry. Um, I think they told him nothing. They just resigned they, him. Yeah, they just they, said, they, here's they the they money. They just signed him. There was no, no talk of playing left tackle, um, you know, before he signed. So I don't think it's out of the realm of possibility if, quote-unquote, his effort has to do with his paycheck. Yeah. It's uh, it's unfortunate. I mean, as, as Christian brought up, like, you can't have issue on the offensive line this year. And I think with, with Trent Brown, he's just so big that it's like he doesn't have to move sometimes. Like if he just gets his hands on guys, especially like Uche, those you know smaller kind of speed rusher guys, they're done. You know, but it's you can see the, the feet. But you've said also, Paul, that I know he uh, – know he's he seems like he's holding his weight together pretty well and yeah well you, you know, know that so they, you does, know, doesn't seem that way <laughs> well yeah he's he's down yeah. i mean it's relative you know. <laughs> <laughs> he he's you got weight tell. clauses it's that have been written about no for 365 and and i according to a source i'll throw a source out there okay according to a source he's been doing a good job of meeting those okay um well, good so, for him then so i mean again it's 365 i mean i'm not trying to tell you <laughs> that man is he really redistributed his weight <laughs> and his body yeah. you know so it's relative but I, I do I do wonder with stuff like that sometimes if there's something behind, you know, you know what I I'm not getting paid like a left tackle they duped me I like yeah. I, I don't know yeah I don't know if that has anything to do with this at all it might just be as as Vinny just said this is a player who's periodically right. had effort issues and, and he might just not be motivated in the summer he's a veteran he'll be there when the season starts and we might look at this and say remember when you guys are questioning his effort you know he's been fine i do i do sort of look at a couple of things you guys are all talking about the one-on-ones he's been pretty good mm-hmm. you know he was mm-hmm. out there against chandler jones and then when the regular pass rush comes he's having problems with chandler jones and mac jones you know on his really good day wednesday was sacked according to most of the tabula you know tabulations five times that's a lot mm. He threw the ball. I think he was like twenty-two attempts. So that's like twenty-seven pass attempts. He got he got sacked five times. That's a that's a lot. Like I mean, you don't get sacked five times in a game a lot. It was it was. I mean, I you know, and to clarify, because I was there, I think that the the reason the Raiders had a better day the second day was because they 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 scored on the final play. You know, on their last play, the they, Patriots. You mean? Patriots no, no, scored. the Raiders. I'm saying the oh, Raiders. The Patriots like, scored. The Raiders scored on their last play. The, the, well, the first touchdown. day, yeah, they did. But I the thought first the Patriots day, had a touchdown on their last day with Hunter Henry. They did. I thought you said you were right. You're confusing me. Stop. Uh, the first oh. day, the Patriots 
put it in the end zone and got off the field on the last play. So Tuesday, okay. the Patriots kind of – and that was what was – the Patriots were dreadful, but then on the last two two-minute drills for the Raiders, they got off the field, and for the Patriots, they scored. The next day, it looked like they were going to get off the field again when the Raiders were in their two-minute, but they converted a fourth down to Hunter Renfro, and then they, they got a touchdown. So Patriots again, then they countered and went down with Hunter Henry. So – but it was choppy till that point, and and you know just yeah, it sounds like Wednesday was much more even. It was much more whereas even. Whereas Tuesday the Raiders and, had the better yeah, of the play. That's that's right. Why, I mean, as much as you want to say, oh, it was a great day for the Patriots, it was fine. It was fine, and it was a nice ending. But it wasn't like oh, now yeah. we're cooking. It was, now you know, we're cooking with yeah, gas. Yeah, I was, mean, you know, and I I defer to you, Mike, because obviously I wasn't there. You know, so and I trust, and I was looking through like people. That were no, like, I know, know but I trust like, you as opposed people. to some of the people that we sort of mock. By we, I mean me. <laughs> um, you know, with the the breathless stats of every drop back. Did you get his, and, you get know, his training camp completion percentage? you get that one? Yeah. No, I just – I missed it, you know. But, I, you know, I do think you can kind of look at the same plays and come away with some things differently. And yeah. and I think that your point about, like, you know, you have the, the, the nice touchdown to Hunter Henry to end it sort of – sort of, uh, you know, blurs. And I think it was very similar to the preseason game itself against Carolina where – Three and out, two really bad throws and a sack. Three and out. Oh, and then we go 10 plays, 81 yards for a touchdown, including an absolutely gorgeous 45-yarder to, to Aguilar, which was picture perfect on right. both ends. Yeah. You know, exactly what you want to see. But when you really look at the, the totality of what they did, they're out there for about 16 plays, and, like, like four of them were good. Five right. of them were good. That's like, exactly it. That, yeah. So at practice, like, if you if you're just going to focus on the bomb that they completed, hey, this is great, but yeah. it really wasn't all that great. And that and that was the thing was like you know the Raiders' great plays were like Devontae Adams open pass on time has separation catches it you know the Patriots' plays were oh you're holding your breath as it's thrown into traffic and you're like oh you know guys are jumping and it just you know it's almost like that shot from Super Bowl forty nine that Amadola had where it's just like it somehow makes it through twelve sets of hands. You know, that's what the Patriots plays were like. And, yeah, it was great that he caught it, but it still doesn't leave you thinking, like, you've got a guy like Renfro or Adams who have that ability to just whoosh, lose a guy, get open, make the play on time, and then get yards after the catch. So we'll see. I mean, we got into it yesterday talking about how much can the game planning element of this save them when they start to lean into what they're good at. They stop trying to do the stuff that they haven't been able to do. I'm sure it'll help somewhat, but, you know, I just, again, I, I think to your point, Paul, it hasn't been consistent all summer. There's been each period, there's one or two plays maybe that look pretty good, but otherwise there's a lot of like, oof, that was bad. Should we be concerned that the two players who actually played in the Shanahan offense with Shanahan <laughs> keep getting benched and like don't play in the actual game? Like, I never even thought of it that way, but <laughs> it just sort of hit me. I was like, yeah. those guys, he's in the Niners too. Like, so was yeah. Warren. Like, those guys are both yeah. on that team. I, I think there might be something more behind the scenes that we don't know about with Bourne. Like, mm. I, you know, I, I, I think well, he I think knows it's a the tonnage offense. issue. Yeah, I, I think you know maybe he talked about the the changes in offense probably in a way that Belichick didn't want him to to start with. I just my radar's been up with him since the spring when or, you know even last year at the end of the year it seems like he likes being out there and I don't think they like guys that like, like that. being out there and, and in front and certainly you watch the last week of practice he's the fourth option out there. He's yeah. no longer yeah. in that mix. And, and just uh, real quick apropos of nothing as they say you know I I did before the show I bumped into uh, our German broadcasters Marcus Hunt uh Marcus Kuhn and um Sebastian Vollmer and and I said to Vollmer, I said, we we being too hard on the offense. He goes, yeah. I go, okay. <laughs> I mean, he's a large man. Um, I, you so, know, it's but I, I just kind of, like, you know, but his point, though, like as duh. he kept talking, 
he did say, you know, he goes, you know how we, you know, we kind of always step into the season. I go, yeah. but doesn't that change a little when you don't have Tom? And he goes, yeah, that's a good point. I, <laughs> like, I got, he wasn't really thinking of it in, in those terms. Yeah. I, I got a little worked up today because I, uh, I was on the TikTok. As us, uh, as us Were you on the, to the TikTok? I did the TikToking, TikTok, uh, and I caught guy. Ninkovich. Ninkovich does like a podcast now, oh, I was think, he finger-wagging uh, you? He was doing the podcast with uh, who's the, the uh, Dan Dan O'Brien? I think it's him and the car guy. I think they have a podcast. Oh, okay. I think that's him. Oh beard. yeah, Dan O'Brien Kia. I think they do a he a, did a, a with uh, the McCordys too, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's always what's like, that guy uh, up to? What's well, Dan he's O'Brien in a podcast up to? What's he trying? He's trying to take all our jobs. You're like, what? What are you, what are you doing, Dan <laughs> O'Brien? He's like, you own a car company, shouldn't <laughs> yeah. you be making way more money? Just stay uh, in your lane. But he was just like, Ninkovich was just like, you see them killing the offense, like, like, and I'm like. Look, dude, I get you played in the NFL. I've been at every single training camp practice. I've been at every single joint practice. I'm sorry. It looks sporadic at best. Now, maybe it'll all of a sudden look amazing, but I, I, it's just that kind of like sense of oh, it'll all be fine. Well, there's a couple <laughs> of things that really bug me about that because I've covered 20-something camps, and the vast majority of them, Christian, mm. I've come away from camp saying, my God, this offense, it looks unstoppable. Like the ball never hits the ground. And no one ever finger-wagged me for that. <laughs> Weird. <laughs> no one ever, like, you know, said, well, well, you have to say that. You work for the Patriots. Your mm-hmm. sunshine. No one ever said that to me. They said, Not oh. even Jones? Sounds oh. like something Jones would say. <laughs> oh, Tom Brady <laughs> throwing the ball to Wes Welker or Julian Edelman or Rob Gronkowski or Randy Moss, and the ball's never hitting the ground. Hmm. Makes sense. Like, so w- we were sort of forecasting this offense can be special this year. No one made fun of us for, for like, making these dramatic – conclusions based off of practice this is the worst i've ever seen the offense look in practice ever going back to 2000 with drew bledsoe and david Patton and that crew uh not even david Patton. he wasn't even here the first year 2000 i mean it was less than that so i i I don't know what else to say other than they struggle in offense just uh, can i ask you a question do you ever see brady go off the field like Mac did that one day where it was clearly upset no, I've and, seen and Brady, I've, Not like that, but I've seen Brady get upset. I've seen him yell at his lineman when he's not getting the right protection. I've seen him do you know, have periods of frustration. I've seen Ronnie Harrison and Mike Vrabel chirp at him unlike you'd ever see. Like, and he, he would get pissed. But, again, the level of execution was almost always stellar, and we said so. And again, no one ever criticized us for for making these, you know, gross conclusions based off of practice. And this notion, which I'm starting to hear a little of, they started slow, but they're picking it up. Just like uh, like in games last year, a, a lot, you know, down the stretch, mm. you know, and sometimes you know they they would start slow and then they would pick it up and it wasn't and, and it wasn't enough and they would lose anyway. Uh, n- no, w- when you're behind multiple touchdowns and you get a couple of oh by the way touchdowns, and the f- that's not starting slow and picking it up. Garbage that's time. garbage time yeah. touchdowns. Let's call them what they were, you know. And in in practice, there is no garbage time. It's all it's all relevant, and for the most part, more often than not, it hasn't been good execution, right? Yeah. So it's it's not about starting slow and and kicking it into gear, like. They were better Wednesday than they were they were Tuesday. That's not because they started slow on Tuesday and picked it up on Wednesday. No. They had a better day on Wednesday. And, and even after practice, they said, you know, we that was a theme going into this second practice was let's start fast. They didn't start fast. They finished well again, but same kind of thing. And, and last year yeah, – like, I heard a little of that this morning, and it, was, it really kind of bugged me. I was like – I I've, I mean, I didn't see the, the Vegas practices, to be fair, so I'm not talking about those. But they haven't started slow and picked it up in practice. 
That hasn't been the case. All right. The phone number to call in is 855-PATS-500. we got a call on the line. Moises is in Connecticut. What's up, Moises? How's it going, guys? It's been a while. Hey. Where you been, man? I just want to say I'm, I'm doing good. I'm doing good. After tonight's game, who's going to be the surprise cut out of the 53-man roster? Oh. Surprise. Okay. I don't know if I have a real surprise, but how about a veteran that I think Mike and I will agree on? think henry anderson's in trouble yeah yeah i thought he was last year too i mean it's been a yeah. similar kind of i don't i, I really I, really and i think this year he got a huge opportunity when wise missed a handful of practices um yeah we've seen some of barmore too playing yeah i think i, I, mean, I, I don't think that would be a brian ray i don't think that henry. would be a surprise cut because i think a lot of people see it coming but i think that's a veteran that that could go i i mean maybe this will sound stupid <laughs> But I, I, I'm having trouble finding a surprise cut because I don't really see the depth to, like, make that move. And so you could say Henry Anderson because you have some questions with, you know, Sam Roberts, LeBron Ray, uh, those kind of backup guys that maybe you could make a move to, similar yep. to what you were talking about earlier. But, you know, you're not going to cut any of your offensive linemen. I don't think you're going to cut any of your running backs. You know, your wide receivers we talked about, you have four that, that are kind of stationed. Um, I, I just I don't see the depth tight ends to make those too cuts. big a cap hit to cut any of those guys. Two, yeah. You got two guys there. I mean, Asiasi is that a right. surprise? Uh, I mean, Asiasi's. Evan actually Evan talked to Asiasi's dad in, in Vegas. Asiasi's dad like came up to him and uh, and he said Asiasi is is well aware of, of how firmly he is on the bubble right now. Oh, so, okay. Um, you know, so I just th- there's not a lot of depth. I mean, you could say look at the safety position and say they got a lot of guys there. Maybe there's a surprise cut in there, but I'm not sure who. But it would I be. can't imagine it will be any of those four. Nick Folk. Right. I mean, and that's who's the other kid? Uh, Vizcaino. yeah. Which yeah. I mean, they still got two of them, so I, I haven't completely ruled that out yet. I mean, I feel like that's like, would you keep two if it wasn't actually someone of a competition down to this point? I just I've always said with Nick Folk, you got an old guy, and and, and you want to have a little insurance there, and I think that's you know, but we'll see uh, next week. All right, eight five five Pats five hundred is the phone number. If you want to send an email, you can do it at webradio at patriots dot com. Uh, do we have do for a break now, or can we keep going? All right, let's take a quick break here. Uh, when we come back, we'll do our over unders. I have some questions for the guys about the uh, newness of this roster, and we'll continue with your phone calls and your emails. All here on Patriots pregame presented by Duncan. Patriot Place is the region's number one shopping, dining, and entertainment destination. Shop your favorites, including Vineyard Vines, Express, Olympia Sports, Petco, and more. Enjoy dining at one of our 19 restaurants, including Six String Grill and Stage, Scorpion Bar, and Bar Louie. And don't forget about the entertainment. Explore your inner artist at Muse Paint Bar, watch a movie at Showcase Cinema Deluxe, or grab a controller and start gaming at Helix Esports. For a complete directory listing, please visit patriot-place.com. In sports, if you think joy only happens after you win, think again. Look at the world's most successful athletes like Serena Williams, Brooks Kepka, and Alex Morgan. They don't spend all their days grinding away. They take time to enjoy themselves, like getting together with friends over a Michelob Ultra, because they know that happiness is the key to winning and that joy is the whole game, not just the end game. Michelob Ultra. 95 calories, 2.6 grams of carbs. It's only worth it if you enjoy it. Enjoy responsibly. A.B. Michelob Ultra Light Beer, St. Louis, Missouri. There's no season better than football season. And there's no better place to get in on all of the action than with DraftKings, the official daily fantasy sports partner of the New England Patriots. To add to the thrill, DraftKings has millions of dollars in prizes up for grabs every week. So head to the app now and check it out. If you haven't tried it yet, fantasy football is easy to play. 
Just pick nine players, stay under the salary cap, and pile up points for yards, touchdowns, receptions, and so much more. There's no better way to put your football knowledge to the test than to compete for a shot at $1 million in total prizes. Download the DraftKings app now and use promo code PATS to get a shot at millions of dollars in total prizes every week. That's promo code PATS to get a shot at millions of dollars in total prizes every week, only at DraftKings. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for details. Some people are never content with simply being good. Not when they can be great, but it takes a big step to get there. In fact, it takes a leap of faith. A belief in what you're striving toward and a willingness to make the commitment day in and day out to something bigger than yourself. Putnam is proud to partner with those who share their own commitment to performance excellence. This is Matt Light for Putnam Investments, a world of investing. Join the conversation by calling the Ace Ticket Hotline at 855-PATS-500. Or email the show at webradio at patriots.com. Tell him I will be there, period. <laughs> Sorry, comma. <laughs> Live from our studios inside Gillette Stadium, here's Hardy. No Hardy today. Sorry, everybody. Sorry, ladies. Sorry, ladies. <laughs> I know that's devastating news uh, for the ladies out there. But, yeah, it's me, Arcan, in for Hardy, uh, here with uh, Mike Dussault and Paul Perillo. I want to say thanks again to Vinny Bonsignore for joining us in the uh, previous segment there. Always good to talk with him. We'll get to the over-unders here in just a minute. I'm looking at this, and, Paul, you're killing it on over-unders. Yeah, I mean, I, absolutely yeah, I killing know. it. I don't know how that is. Is that right? 11-1? and one? I You've gotten wa- how many have you done? It's been known to be wrong. Yeah, just the two, right? I, yeah, so yeah, yeah wow, I, that's still that's still I, pretty good. I missed one. <laughs> Upset un- about the one you it's missed. Unacceptable. Uh, very good. I wanted to before we get to this, just uh, sort of float this theory I had by you guys. And before we do that, I just want to tell everybody that Bridgestone, the official tire of the New England Patriots, is proud to partner with Sullivan Tire, New England's headquarters for quality Bridgestone tires. Visit SullivanTire.com and find a location near you. It's Patriots pregame presented by Duncan. All right, here's my question. Um, there's been talk and questions, certainly where I work, there's been a lot of it, uh, about the buy-in of this team. And I think a lot of that carries over from the Week 2 fights and everything and sort of the, the pro- you guys know what I'm going to say here, but uh, my theory is that this roster's so new and the important players on this roster are so new. The quarterback is a second-year player. Most of your important position players, with a couple of exceptions, were picked up in free agency last year and this year. And, you know, even on the defensive side, you really only have about a handful of guys who even played with Tom Brady. Is that something that is having an impact on not just, you know, the lack of coordinators that are here, but everything, you know? I mean, yeah. Bill Belichick has always had his guys. He's got about eight guys left that were even on the team in 2019. Yeah, I think it's, it's I mean, it's a good question. I think it's the dynamics of the team and, you know, guys like Slater, McCourty, uh, do, they, do their, you know, presence still ring the same way it used to? And, and you're right. Like, that's why it's like during camp, I like David Andrews kind of stepping up, another younger guy who's here for a little while and still is going to be here. Mac has to step up as well. Um, but I think that's a great question, and I think that's something that probably will have to be figured out this season where new players have to step up. You know, as a guy like, say, Anthony Jennings, who's had a really good camp, is he, you know, a playmaker and somebody that's going to start? I, I think that's the biggest thing for me is you need some new playmakers to step up. And you saw last year with Judon kind of do it, not to, you know, he, he kind of became a leader. So I, I think they need an influx of kind of a young leader, a young, yeah. solid playmaker to, to, to build around and, you know, to just carry on that energy. Because I think you're right. At a certain point, you're not going to have Slater and McCordy to say, 
well, when we did it this way, we won Super Bowls. Right. You know, it's it, it's not as easy to say that anymore as you get farther and farther away from 2018. Yeah, I do think there is, you know, buy-in, you know, I, I, I don't know if that's the right phrase, but I do think there is some questions in terms of the offense and, like, the, you know, the system. And was it the right time? Was it the right, you know, the right switch? Way. And did they have enough of the personnel to do it, you know? Um, but, yeah, I agree with what Mike said wholeheartedly. I think the most important thing that this team can can do over the next couple of years is find a core of, you know, 26-, 27-year-old guys that will be part of the future that you want to give a second contract to. And, you know, Anthony Jennings looks like a candidate that he's making a rise. Mm-hmm. Can Josh Uche be, you know, sort of stop teasing everybody in the media <laughs> – um, and actually do something, you know, when the games come and, and you know, sort of, you know, turn himself into a, a, a productive sub-pass rusher. I think that that might be something that he could do. Neither one of you guys mentioned Christian Barmore. Just Well, Barmore out. is a stud. You know he's, he's a stud yeah, already. I, yeah, I, I, think, I think he's ter- terrific. And Mike will tell you, I had a crush on him all last year. And, and now, you know, everybody. everybody I would only <laughs> counter by saying that you can be a stud and not necessarily be one of Bill's guys. Yeah. Right, like there's been other guys who were yeah. studs and Bill yeah. let them walk yeah. right out. No, the door, and, you know? I, and I oh, think, yeah. and, and yeah. oh, that's a fear. I know, absolutely. And no offense to Christian Barmore, but I, I don't know. I don't really see him as a, like a leadership kind of guy. Like he just seems like a, a crazy player. <laughs> oh, you know, yeah. like, no, that's a good point like too. Because like, I'm, no, like, I'm fine, giving you examples of young players. I don't know, like their personality. Here's the thing, too, is because of the circumstances of the last couple of years, we're working on guys that have been here two and three years that right. we really don't even know. You know, I couldn't yeah. tell you if Kyle Duggar is a leader in the making or Josh Uche. I, I, I mean, I think Bentley should be in this conversation probably just Bentley, as, as— Bentley's got leadership yeah, qualities. Yeah, he's, he's got— There's no doubt about that. I mean, he that. was a, what, a three-time three three captain at Purdue. At Purdue. Purdue. I was thinking Notre Dame. <laughs> I'm going to sick and tired to get my. <laughs> uh, you know, but I, I, I think it's 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 right. I, and ultimately, I think it just boils down to they need new playmakers. They need new guys to start stepping up. And I think Mac carries a huge part of that mantle. All right, the phone number is 855-PATS-500. If you'd like to chime in, let's go to the phones. Go up to uh, our neighbors to the north up in Canada. Tony is in Canada. Uh, Tony, where in Canada? Well, I'm in Edmonton. Alberta. Edmonton. I'm sure everybody here knows this is my first time, so I like to know where everyone's from. What's on your mind tonight, Tony? Well, uh, last week, actually, I called in and asked the question about it. If the guys would be more surprised whether the Patriots won 10 or more games season or lost 10 or more, and I, my opinion is I'd be more surprised if they'd win 10 or more games. I'm expecting their record to be somewhere around 7 and 10. And I'll, and I'll tell you why is that I'm of, of all the things, there's two or three things, but the one that concerns me the most is our secondary. And that uh, Jalen Mills is our number one cornerback, and he's going to be going up against prime receivers. Uh, I don't think that the Patriots are going to be able to lock down those receivers. I think we're going to struggle. I know I, I hear that we're going to be playing – uh, we're not going to be playing as much man to man, but my greatest fear is what happened in the uh, in the playoffs last year. How Buffalo just torched us; they lit us up. And I have like recurring dreams, nightmares that that's going to be kind of like the theme going through this year, throughout the, the year. I'm wondering what the guys think about that. Um, All right, I, thanks I worry for the call, Tony. Yeah, I worry about the secondary. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they, I mean, I think Jalen Mills had a good summer, but you know, it's a whole other thing going against these other guys. 
you know, I mean, I just as far as the Buffalo game, I mean, it wasn't the second game; it was everything. <laughs> you know, yeah. like I'm like secondary. I'm Nothing. Like, I don't know. You, you had yeah. no answers in the in the well, front. Secondary was a big uh, part of it, but in fairness, Jalen Mills didn't play in that. Right. Game. That That's too. True. But but I I still think if if the if the front <laughs> if only <laughs> no I, I mean obviously I'm not, <laughs> don't, if they had Jalen Mills, I right. tell you. You know what, Christian? Put it once. In, in all in all seriousness, thank you because I know someone would have said, well, Perillo thinks they would have won that, you know, because Jalen Mills didn't play. Yeah, no, and maybe it would have been, you know, 41 to, f- to 15 instead right. or whatever the final score was. Yeah, but I, I do think that, uh, I, you know, I have some hope. The defensive front, they've been good this summer. Barmore, Uche, mm, Judon, Anthony Jennings. You know, I think if those guys can be impactful, then it can cover up some of the, the mistakes of the secondary and some of the deficiencies there, but not all of them. What I do They're like, going to have to play better. Yeah, what I do like on paper at least, and we'll see if it translates, is I do think that Bill – sort of listened to the quote-unquote narrative and thought that they were slow. And he made an effort to try to in- increase the team's overall speed. Although, to Vi, <laughs> we right. thought that's Vi, Mac Wilson. Yeah, thing, but, you know, I, it, like, but, but yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I don't think Mac Wilson is an every-down player, but I think he, he profiles to what we're talking about. I think Uche profiles to what we're talking about. I think Anthony Jennings, to, you know, to a lesser extent, profiles to that. Yeah. Um, and, and, you know, in... He, you know his willingness to 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 add, despite having already three solid safeties, his willingness to add a guy like Peppers. Oh, yeah. I think that's another guy that mm. can be a hybrid player and Me too. and use some speed as opposed to, you know, let's just trot out Kyle Van Noy and Dante Hightower, who were great players and made a lot of great plays for this team. I don't think last year they were great anymore. Yeah. Yeah, I don't think they were great anymore. I they think weren't. it was time. Yeah, they weren't great anymore. I'd say I was just about to sort of uh, counter what the caller said and say that yeah, the corners are a problem, but I like the safeties on this team. I think it's probably their best position group yeah. on either side of the yeah. ball. It's right? certainly yeah. yeah, it's yeah. certainly in a in a small conversation. Can you give us an answer to that question, uh, Christian? The way that Tony phrased it last week was: Would you be more surprised if they won ten games or if they lost ten games? I think I'd be more surprised if they won ten games. Yeah, I'd be we, more surprised we, if they won because I have all three like of seven, us had yeah. a really hard time. Seven or eight. Yeah, we all kind of have them in the middle there. I mean, we Vegas had a really hard half, time. Right? Isn't that the over under? Right, Vegas, eight and a half. So I mean, that's where it is. Seven, eight, nine, yeah. ten. I mean, I, 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 I feel pretty good there in that range. Like I can, I can make an argument that they go ten and seven. I'm not expecting. I can't. I work games, for Patriots.com, yeah. damn it, and I can make an <laughs> argument that they go ten and seven. <laughs> all right. I just <laughs> won't have as much conviction behind that argument as I would if you asked me if they're going to go, say, 8 and 9. Makes sense. All right, let's go down to Kentucky and talk to Owen. Owen is in Kentucky. What's up, Owen? Hey, how's it going? Hey, there, Owen. Yeah, has a 13-year-old ever called before? Or is that just me? Now we've uh, had some we've had some some kids in here, yeah, for sure. We take all kinds yeah, here. Everybody it. likes to yell at me. Go ahead. <laughs> go ahead, yeah. Owen. Um, so my question is, for Ramondre Stevenson, could he have a breakout year uh, for this year? I think he could, yeah. I but think he you, could if you too. Thought last year his highlights were pretty yeah. good. Yeah, he's. I mean, he's a, a, a unique combination of, of size and kind of speed. I just I haven't seen a lot of it this summer though, and that's been part of the disappointment of the offense. And everybody wants to talk about the you know the passing game and Mac and, and you know not really clicking all the time. I haven't really seen anything from the run game all summer. No, and it has been stuck in neutral the entirety of the summer. I will say, Owen, I think he's going to get a chance to play on all three downs. Um, and I think if you're looking to get, you know, maybe a, a late running back, he might be a guy to take a flyer on. Oh, fantasy? We're talking fantasy? Yeah, I, f- I yeah. assume a 13-year-old calling up and asking about Ramondre Stevenson might have yeah. a little fantasy yeah. uh, impact and play yeah. there. I'd imagine. I don't know if any Patriots are great fantasy it, options this well, year. No, they're know. not. And it's <laughs> hard because, <laughs> yeah. because like, Damian Harris had 15 touchdowns last year. Yeah, right. Right? But 
and about 100 fewer, you know, I think about 70 fewer touches. Reminder, Stevenson had five. Mm. Um, so, you know, maybe if that's more of a split, you know, maybe those number, you know, maybe it's closer to 10 and 10 as opposed to 15 and 5. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think that's that's certainly possible. And, you know, Stevenson really looked promising last year. There was there was some really nice sequences by him catching the ball uh, between the tackles. He seemed like he seemed like he was on track to become something else. And Damian Harris wasn't starting right away. You didn't see him his first year. Yeah. Right, it was, yeah, it was he, Sony Michelle. So he I had mean, a hamstring problem early in his right, his rookie right. year, um, but yeah, he didn't get he got the red shirt that a lot of running backs yeah. get. But Stevenson didn't, is my not, point. Not the red ass, the red <laughs> shirt. I get those mixed up sometimes. Okay, <laughs> yeah, but Stevenson, my point, I guess, is that Stevenson did not get that. He was yeah. he was out there playing. No, like right. no, he until he good, fumbled yeah. opening day and got and banished for like the next five right. weeks. And, and I, I love and I love bringing up his preseason long touchdown run, which you know, the which was how many yards was that? Was like ninety eight? No, it's like eighty. 92 <laughs> somewhere in there three but 82. i think that's the thing like going into the season like the first like possession of the season against miami like i just want to see an actual like run game where they get tackled like and and if all of a sudden it's like whoa ramondre stevenson like they're opening up creases for him they got a little bit of run game then it feels like all right maybe this offense does have a gear that we haven't quite seen yet but i, I as much as you haven't seen any consistency from the passing game i just there, there have been like a almost a complete lack of any explosive plays even watching hard knocks last night i'm like Geez, the Lions are at least able to like open up some holes and their guys go. I mean, certainly JJ Taylor, they've had some stuff against mop up time, but you know, Damian Harris, Ramondre so hasn't been a lot. You took a red eye home, <laughs> came in here on absolute fumes to the point where you mumbled an f bomb <laughs> under your breath. I, that, that's questionable. And, and still refused to admit that you did it. <laughs> did and I? yet you went home and what? <laughs> yet you went home and watched Hard Knocks. No, that was today. That was uh, oh. after I well, after my twelve hours of sleep. I was on the couch and I, I'm, a, I'm a Dan Campbell fan. What do you want me to say? I would bleed for you guys. It was great, though. In this episode, they had a comedian come in, and they just kind of did like a five-minute little set and was just making fun of Dan Campbell the whole time. It was, it was good. It was good. We're going to head right. up, and on the way up, we're going to bite a kneecap off. <laughs> uh, 855-PASS-500, that is your phone number to call in. Let's uh, go to Darrell in New Hampshire. Hey, Darrell. So I was just calling in. I was asking, um, do you think Jacoby Myers is going to be our number one option this year? Uh, probably in the gotta have it moments, it seems like it. Um, it sure seems like Mac in practice is, is going to him a lot. Um, you know, we just—I mean—he has a knack for for knowing where to be, and and I think so reliable. What we saw from him in, in Vegas was just the ability to go up and get the ball. And I think that as a slot receiver, he does have a little bit of plus size that some of those smaller, quick guys don't have. So I, I think he's learning to use that. I, I think he's a, he's a reliable option, and, and I think he'll. He, I don't. I don't I think he'll like lead the number one. But I, I think, think he'll he, lead the team in receptions. Yeah. I don't know if that makes you, the, you know, in. You know, by definition, the number one. But like last year, I think he led the team in receptions by far. But I don't. I mean, you can make an argument that Bourne made more big plays, and Henry was the bigger red zone mm-hmm. guy. Like, yeah, I, I, I sure know. think third downs were, were Jacoby last year. But I mean, contract year, he needs a big year. He's he's earning a contract for next season. So, and, and I mean, Mac talking about him out in Vegas, saying, you know, I I, I hope I get to play with him forever. Right. And, you know, been one of his best friends since he's gotten here. Is it fair to characterize Jacoby Myers as Mac's? Safety valve. I yeah. mean, is that yeah. what we yeah. call him? I don't yeah. know. Does yeah. he even have one? Like, yeah. When James White retired, that kind of bummed me up because I thought, man, that's a guy that Matt could really use a big screen passer, you know? Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah no, that sort sure. of thing. But for yeah. sure. And I think you'll see a lot of Ty Montgomery in that regard, Christian. Yeah. I think, yeah. You'll, you'll, I think they used him a lot in training that's, camp. That's doing the that guy. Stuff. That's the guy. And he, and I talk about the run game not really looking all that hot. The only time I saw glimpses of it 
we're with Ty Montgomery. And we wondered if, because he has had experience with the wide zone stuff, if he's a little bit more comfortable with what they're asking him to do right now. Um, but I think he's going he's gonna to be heavily involved. And, and I also wonder, you know, with Montgomery, to the coaches, and the coaches have talked about wanting to be less predictable. And I think that's an example of it. I think when James White's on the field, they think they're going to throw. Yeah. I think when Ty Montgomery's on the field, they think they're going to throw. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think that they does run. Mm-hmm. And, and I think they can run with him. Yep. Um, you know, and he might be more suited to run the ball than, than James was. Yep. All right. We'll pause the phone calls here for just a second. 855-PATS-500 is the number. The email address is webradio at patriots.com. But since Mr. Important Pauly Perillo over here has to go do uh, TV. Oh, not for a while. I we lie. are going to, well, I was told to do this early. We're oh, going to uh, get started right now with our over-unders. It's time for this week's edition of Over-Unders. You're over me? When were you under me? All right. Last week, Mike four and two, Paul six and zero, oh, and Hardy, who's not here, four and two, bringing the season totals for the preseason to Mike seven and five, Hardy eight and four, Paul eleven and one. So, so do our cans count as Hardy's, or are we gonna have a separate nope. separate stats? Paul actually has uh, Hardy, Hardy's. Hardy are, uh, weighed in. Oh, he did. Oh. All right, good. All right, well, we'll have to see. Uh, I guess I get to go first. Is Christian, if you would like to participate, we will take a, s- a special. <laughs> I column love participating. For you. <laughs> uh, I actually have an A column on my page for Christian. So okay, there you go. Um, all right. So am I? Am I doing this? Nope, or are you doing I'll, this? I'll read them all out. right. Go ahead. Mac Jones passing touchdowns at a half. Go ahead, Mike. And we rotate too. So so yeah. It goes Mike, me, then you. Okay. <laughs> I can follow. And then that. you, him, me. Right. Right. Yeah. Okay. I'm going to go under on the Mac. I don't think he's going to play. Uh, maybe but a series. And based on how things have gone, I'm going to say under. I'm going to agree with Mike, and it's based on playing time, not because I don't think Matt can throw a touchdown pass. I don't think he's going to play enough. I'm going to say over, just to be different from you guys. Uh, uh, I don't necessarily a, believe it, but I do think that that's uh, a very Hardy like answer. Right down the field, is that what he does? And, and Hardy said over. Uh, Hardy also said over. Oh. Yes, he over did. one half of a touchdown. I, I mean, listen, I think there's a there's a chance he leads him on a touchdown drive. I think this is going to mean something to build to to score on the on Josh with the starters. But then again, you're right, my they might not even play. Um, all right, next. Jacoby Myers receptions at three and a half. I'm going to go under this one since I get to go first. <laughs> I don't know how much he's going to play, uh, but I would imagine that they're going to get some of the uh, you know the Trey Nixons of the world and those guys out there for a lot of uh, a lot of these reps. And I think Myers is probably going to be like most of the starters uh, watching from the sidelines. Um, I am going to say under um, for Myers. I, I again, I just it's a playing time thing. I just don't see them out there enough. Yeah, I'm under two. Uh, okay. Hardy is over. <laughs> <laughs> Patriots field goals, one and a half. Uh, okay, that's me. Um, I am going to say over. I think they kicked two field goals tonight. And I'm going to go on the limb and say Folk gets one and Vizcaino gets one. I wow. Like I like it. I, I'm just going to roll the dice on this we'll one. Since there. i, I got to catch up to, to Mr. 11-1, and one, so I'm going to go under. Uh, what did you say on Myers' uh, receptions? Under. Um, I'm going to go over on field goals, too. I think uh, it's likely that they're going to be uh, kicking more field goals and scoring touchdowns here. I just have a feeling that's where the offense is going to lead them. <laughs> All right. Um, even though we heard from uh, Vinny Bonsignore about uh, this one, what do we got next here, Matt? Uh, Hardy went over on the last one. Okay. Just he did. Yes, he did. Devontae Adams receiving yards, 50 and a half. I mean, based on what I saw, he could still he could not even play and probably go over 50.5. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go under on that one. Uh, Hardy goes under as well, uh, and again, my broken record will continue. I just don't think he'll play enough. Under. 
Yeah, I mean, they basically, Vinny basically said they're not playing at all. Uh, the car's not going to play. Renfro's not playing. None of those guys are playing. Um, that sucks. I would love to see Adams out there running around doing oh. his thing. He's so good. He's my favorite player to watch. There's seven, Paul. Seven. Uh, but I'll go under there, too. <laughs> um, Fred texted me about 10 minutes ago asking how many donuts Paul has eaten, which brings us to our next one. Number what? of donuts left when show ends, five and a half. I mean, Hardy's not here, and he's always good to cut one up in half, which would have complicated things. In full disclosure, there are seven currently available. I had one. I'm probably going to have one. I'm not going to. I'm already planning on having one. Marine Corps. I had two. All right. (laughs) All right. Just wanted to get that out Don't forget the wild card in the back room. So I am going to say under. I also exercised for 40 minutes today. (laughs) Yeah, I'm going to go under two. that means two more donuts get eaten and and we get the win. At least, yeah. I'm going to go under I think I'm going to have at least two myself. I'm hammering the under. I might beat it myself as well. So, uh, yeah, there we go. I, mean, I think this is, the, this is the easiest one. That's one you can control. It absolutely is. All right, there we go. Uh, Mac Jones passing touchdowns, Jacoby Myers receptions, Pat's field goals, Devontae Adams receiving yards, and the number of donuts left when the show ends. Pauly Paul is just on a total heater right now at uh, 11 and 1 and uh, 6 and 0 last week. I'm, Hold on, I'm Christian, trying to we just got get one more. We got one more guy. Oh, we do? Total Ending score. as we always do with the total score of 36 and a half. Uh, I don't know who goes first. Oh, I saw that, and I was like, oh, total score. That's like everyone's oh, like You're going to add it up. You tally up your <laughs> the total score of the game, jackass. <laughs> we got to get, get, <laughs> get him in regular season mode. <laughs> hey, hey, it's the preseason for all of us. Right. Um, I don't know if it's my turn to go first, but I'm just going to go over on this one and try to uh, root for some points today. I'm going to go over as well. I, I think um, – I don't think there'll be that period that we had in each of the first two games where it's like frontline guys – against backups that are overwhelmed. Yeah. So there's no way they can score. Only one team had a chance to score. I think tonight it will be a lot of guys battling to try to make the roster, and it should be competitive. I'm going to take the over. Over 36-and-a-half. I'll go, I guess, under. I don't know. I could see this being a lame, low-scoring game, uh, especially if the starters are really out yeah. for a long time. Yep. Although, I'd be very interested in, in seeing what Jared Stidham does out there. Uh, Jared right. Stidham against his old team That's might right. be trying get to little, might try and run up the score something. a little bit. You could see something there, maybe a little extra something there. Uh, but I'll take the under anyway because I think Jared Stidham sucks. Uh, so <laughs> <laughs> even if he does try and play the game of his life, I don't think they're going to score that many points. Yeah. <laughs> you should have seen the drop off uh, out there when it was like Carr in the first office, then they put Stidham in, and it was like, yeah, that still looked. A little I would suspect. imagine. All right, there you go. Now, now we can uh, now we can wrap up the segment as uh, total score was actually one of the categories and not what <laughs> we're supposed to add up at the end, which I probably should have figured that out. Yeah, uh, unfortunately, anyways. I'm wasting this uh, heater because none of these count. Right uh, for the regular. Do we hit oh, the reset? Do we hit the reset? The oh yeah, season? we'll hit the reset. All right, good. Okay. We'll hit yeah, the reset. Good. Good. Plus, I think you went five and one last week. You and you and Hardy, I think, went five and one. <laughs> I love that there's always Math was not wrong. There's always just a slight possibility that they aren't right. <laughs> <laughs> it's part of the a charm of the show, Matt. I mean, come on. Yeah, it is. <laughs> yeah, definitely. All right. Well, there you go. Those are your over-unders here uh, as we get ready for preseason week three. It's Patriots pregame presented by Duncan. Arkan in for Hardy. And uh, we got Paul Perillo here for just a few more minutes. Should we take a couple more calls or anything else oh, you want to get off your chest? Oh, you got time yeah. for calls. All right. Let's do it. Let's go to uh, Eddie. He's in Florida. He's got something to say. Go ahead, Eddie. Eddie. Fast Eddie. All right, Eddie, not, not so ready. Fast. <laughs> not ready, Eddie. All right, let's try uh, Dustin in Ontario. Go ahead, Dustin. Hey, fellas. How are you doing today? Having hey. a good day? How you doing, Dustin? Doing pretty good. Thanks, That's a Dustin. long one. Good, good. Um, I had a uh, 
a question in regards to the Thornton injury. It's 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 been known in the past that like when rookies in particular miss an extended period of time in a Belichick system uh, due to injury or other reasons, um, it can sometimes jeopardize their position as a permanent fixture in the offense. I was wondering if that's going to be unfortunately the same case with Thornton. Um, I was really bummed out to hear about his injury, and I'm kind of hoping he'll still be a permanent fixture in the offense moving forward. Yeah, I, I think he has to be. I think he has to be. He just, I mean, not, not to say, oh, it looks like he got it right from the get-go, but he just is a, a, a different level athlete than one of the guys that they have right now. And I, I can't imagine that that this injury, is as much as it's you know going to hurt him, I, I think what he was showing when he got here was enough for me to think that he'll be able to come back and, and contribute this year. Um, you know, in a significant way, I hope, because they're just they're different with him on the field. I think he he is a guy that that you know has that what you saw from Devonte Adams and Hunter Renfro out there that ability to shake loose and get free. You know, I just I think he needs to learn how to play the NFL game, and I think why he got hurt was yeah. you know just trying to push it a little bit, and you mm. know you got no one no one to fight and when to get down and. and I've save really yourself. liked his camp first and foremost, but and I don't want to get bogged down with semantics, but like he you know like rookies have gotten permanent, like it's not permanent. Rookies have short-circuited their rookie seasons with injuries. It's happened a lot. But that doesn't mean that they're never to be heard from. If you're asking me, do I now think he'll be a big part of 2022? My answer is probably no. Because now he's going to miss six to eight weeks, maybe Mm -hmm. ten weeks. And by the time he gets back on the field, it's going to take him a couple of weeks to get up to speed. Now you're probably going to need some injuries at that spot to get him to where the other guys are in the offense just you know it's kind of common sense can he bulk up like i know that's like a weird question but he's he was in a d1 school it. can yeah. he get bigger like he, he's talked about it yeah. and, and i think that he's tried and it's it the frame is is not big i don't no. know how much I, he didn't he kind of talk about he he's yeah. kind of maxed out in terms of his weight chet like, holmgren's you know, bigger size. than him yeah, yeah, he's um he's really really he's a, he's a slight fella. Yeah, as they say. I would well, then him, how's it? How can you rely I, on him to be part of the offense going forward? I just think the coaches it's have a to concern. be concerned, and the way that they were using him too, sending him into the line to block and stuff. It's I mean I think you really got to think about that stuff with him. About a Keep him on the outside and, and early oh part man, of running him through linebackers and stuff. Like it was I mean it was even before he got hurt. It was like. Guys, uh, you know don't we don't him. we don't need to send him in. You know, as the lead blocker at the point of attack. But right? I think, like, like I said, I, I let off with it. I was really impressed with his camp, and I would be surprised if he doesn't show that. And uh, you know, in in regular season right. action when he's when he's healthy, I don't think he'll be a big part of things this year because of the injury will be too big of a setback. But I, 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 by no means do I mean that writes him off yeah, for his career. Well, put him in the context too of Myers is a free agent, Aguilar is a free yeah, agent. Well, that's what he. You know, that's so why they uh, went uh, early right. with a, with you a need, wide receiver. You need somebody in there, and I. He, and it's like you wonder if they're playing well, and then he comes back, and they're like, "Well, we're playing well. We don't really need him." Or are they not playing so well? He comes back, and they say, "All right, this is kind of a boost we need. Let's get him in there and get him involved, so we can try to get back on track." All right, let's go to Matthew in Texas at uh, 855-PATS-500. Go ahead, Matthew. Uh, that's oh, Steve wow. Hardy. Good that's job, Hardy. <laughs> all right. Is that my fault? No, but, but, no? but okay. no, when Hardy we, does but it, we blame, we, it, we blame it on Hardy. Oh, well, that makes sense. <laughs> and when Fred does it on Tuesdays, we blame it on Hardy. Gotcha. All right, let's go to uh, Colleen, who is also in Texas. Hi, Colleen. Hey, Col- guys. Hey. Can you hear me? Yeah. Okay, great. Uh, so I'm curious about the uh, rookie running back. Pierre Strong and Kevin Harris haven't shown much yep. to me 
theater reports or practices. What do you think? Yeah, you're totally right. I mean, we talked about it a little bit earlier. It's uh, tonight. I think they're going to get a chance, but we just haven't seen much out of them. You've, you know, there've been like little moments here. There, little out of Harris. Ma- little out of Harris. Almost, really nothing. Almost out of nothing strong. out of nothing strong. out of strong. Although I will say, in Vegas last week, there was one moment, and I was like, Paul would laugh at me for this. It was like not even like an anything drill, but he like had it, got the ball, and it's like. Hey, you look kind of fast right there. Like, just for a second. <laughs> Andy Hart used to cut guys <laughs> off of less than that. Yeah. So, so I, I, I think it's a great point. I think they could certainly need one of those guys this season if, if injuries strike for as much as I think the top three guys, which includes Montgomery, are, are good. Um, but I'd love to see a little something out of those guys to give you some hope. I assume you're going to see plenty of J.J. Taylor tonight who will do what he always does in the final preseason game and, you know, look like a superstar of the preseason. Uh, but would love to see, you know, Pierre Strong to, to bust a run or, you know, for Harris to truck somebody or right. something. You know, it just gives you a little bit of what a sense of what they would be in a pro style Is there offense. a chance that J.J. Taylor stays? I think we all sort of have him going. Is there a chance that he stays? I, I would. I mean, s- he had a little flash in the preseason game. I would say, yeah. I, game I, I mean, I, I probably like him more than most, just because I feel like things tend to happen when he plays, and I feel like the only thing that's derailed him has been his ball security. And now that might be the final ding against him. Um, I think it's continued this summer, if I remember correctly. Did he? Did he put a ball on the ground in one of those practices? I, I think he did in practice, um, but I, I just, I, I just think he's too small. Like yeah. I don't think he's dynamic enough to overcome the lack of size. He's not Darren Sproles. Not, I was just going to say Darren Sproles. He's not, not that electric. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I know you guys have talked about this. I'm sure ad nauseum, but just humor me for a second. What do you think of those draft picks? Those two running backs. Like, did you? What do you think of those picks? I thought the double dip was odd. Right. Yeah, yeah, I did too. I mean, I, I mean, I saw the need for it because I think Harris is probably gone, and, yep. and you didn't really know what you had with with Montgomery. And even at that point, you were kind of like, "What do we have with James White?" I, I mean, I, I don't really, I wouldn't have mind the double dip as much as if I felt that one of them could be a third down back and had some receiving qualities to him. It feels like they're both early down backs with you know different skill sets. Pierre Strong, I think, is a breakaway speed back kind of a guy, and I and agree. Harris is kind of a power guy. Um, so it was a little bit of a bump, but I, I, I'm, I'm still. Again, I think curious. Harris has a chance to contribute as a secondary option between the tackles. Like I could see you, yeah. you know, it's the fourth quarter of a game that you're up two scores and you're milking the clock, and maybe Harris isn't available or mm. Stevenson isn't available, and you know, yep. maybe you find a way. That's a remote. Uh, there's an email that is in the same vein saying, hello, fake Hardy, Paul and Mike. Uh, <laughs> it seems like you ignore J.J. Taylor when talking about the running backs. Am I crazy for thinking he's good? Yeah. I don't think you're crazy no. to think he's good. You might be crazy to think he's making the team. Though. Yeah. yeah. It's, I, yeah. I don't think he's bad. Right. I, yeah. I'm not telling you he's without talent. I, I, I just don't think there's anything overly special there. I think he's okay. No, he's a great sp- – I mean, these are the kind of players I think that we always struggle with as, as fans, as the guys who light it up in preseason. But ultimately, at the end of the day, they're just not reliable everyday, or, you know, everyday NFL players. Yeah. Uh, but I could see him coming back on the practice squad or you know, keeping him around because he, he has see, some – I could see a guy like ability. Harris. He has some ability. I could see a guy like Kevin Harris, a sixth-round pick. Mm-hmm. Right, so not like a high pick. I could see them cutting him yep. and putting him on the practice squad and keeping JJ Taylor. Yep. All right, let's go to. I could uh, see that happening. Carson in Kentucky at eight five five Pats five hundred. Carson, you're on the air. Do you think Mac will ever win them a Super Bowl? Ha. I love That's this a great qu- call. I love. I love. <laughs> wait, you know what? Yes, Paul. You sit there and you talk for a half hour and you never get to a point. That <laughs> call had just got to a point. Right, didn't cut right through the crap. Deuce, just boom. <laughs> Absolutely. No, I, I, I mean, I don't know. It's an uphill climb right now. I, I would say right now, probably not. I think they need to find some star players. I would say uh, Mac Jones is like the vast majority of quarterbacks in the league right now to me in that if you have things around him, like good protection, solid running game, and a pretty good defense, 
He absolutely can win. He could Joe Super Flacco Bowl. you to a Super Bowl. Sure, <laughs> he can absolutely yeah. win you a Super Bowl. Yeah. But I think that is true of 20, 22 yeah. maybe guys. It's a good I, way to put it. I think there's there's maybe eight or ten that don't need all of those things that could that could win the Super Bowl. All right, and uh, before you know, like Patrick Mahomes. Yeah. Before you go here, Paul, uh, I've been completely ignoring the emails. We got a lot of emails, including this one from Gabriel. And Gabriel says, "Hey guys, curious what you think about the starters' lack of playing this preseason. I remember seeing the starters play the third game of the preseason when Brady and the crew would come to Carolina. I'm worried we've not played the starters enough to get them ready together. Thanks, Gabriel." I, I think we've recalibrated now. I think the old way of thinking of the preseason is different, and when you have two different weeks of joint practices, that they look at that as a controlled environment where they can bang out rep after rep after rep of exactly what they need instead of going into the preseason game and kind of rolling the dice, seeing what you get, seeing if you know somebody gets injured, those kind of things. So it'd be a good question for Bill Belichick outside of just, you know, how have you recalibrated after two years of these just three practices and, you know, multiple joint practices. But uh, I, 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 I just don't think it's going to make a difference. And I mean, I, and I, I got to admit earlier in the year, I probably would have been on the fence, but you know, are you going to feel better if they go out there against the backups, against the Raiders and, and put together a drive maybe, but it doesn't really mean much. Right. And I do wonder if they've got enough time just to get, you know, some cohesion, but yeah, I mean, I, I don't think it matters because we're not going to see it. I, I don't think we're, we're going to see a tremendous amount of them. Tonight. I think it's a Brian Hoyer start. And it is, uh, you know, they, they, <laughs> you know, according to the Twitter <laughs> machine uh, in our own uh, Evan Lazar, you know, yeah. they're they're out. Mac is out there. He's throwing to you know Aguilar and Bourne and Myers and so maybe and Henry and those guys. So you know, maybe they'll start it, get a series or two. You know, would they get three series last week? And it was really, I mean, be it was two, a three and out, two, three, three and out, and then you know, to to call it three series is they yeah, played they played like fifteen, 15 plays, plays. sixteen plays. Yeah. I could see that again. All right, Paul, do you have to leave? Do you have to leave us? Um, no, no. Oh, I thought you had to leave right <laughs> now. Trying to get rid of you. No. I had to leave at seven o'clock. Listen, seven fifteen. You go now. Ah, Listen, excuse me. Get excuse out of me. This is my show. I'll I didn't want it. I want to. I didn't want to <laughs> kick you out. I just didn't want to keep you here I and ask you a question. I actually have to go and do something for your station. Have you start doing that? Really? Which Fred calls my station. <laughs> the flagship. Well, it's one of your shows. Anything that's on the radio is one of Paul's. I know shows. it's not with my show. <laughs> my no, show. it's the pregame. <laughs> Whenever show. there's a game, that you don't hear from me. <laughs> so unless they pop me into another uh, into another day. Park. So I did hear uh, <laughs> a great caller on your show today, Christian, mm-hmm. when you were on with Hardy and, and Teddy J. We talked about Avatar the whole. Oh yeah. Well, that was funny because I enjoyed that um yeah ted johnson abnormally uh, fixated on avatar really really likes that movie but he says even, he's watched it more than any other movie i've never even seen so it. he's avatar. the one he's so the he's one. the reason why they're making sequels because i could not yeah. care less about a sequel to that um that movie disturbed me oh wow because i was disturbed by how into that blue girl <laughs> 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 like she i mean she was not she's that was it was like an alien yeah, and kind of I, like I an animal that, too I, but yeah, it was no, zoe saldini I, I was like by the end i was like yeah <laughs> <laughs> i want to tie my hair to her hair however it is they had you know however they did it in the movie but like, so, hot, so it, hot. I, I, I'm and teddy looked at me he's like oh yeah bro I'm, like yeah i'm <laughs> looking at matt morell shaking his head and i'm thinking matt's probably like that's like how can you guys not want to go see it opening night three times how can you ruin just went on this rant with Christian, that movie's not re- unrealistic because there's aliens. It's unrealistic because the Marine Corps loses. Ah, there you go. I, I The only compliment I will give that movie, though, was I saw it in 3D, and I thought the initial scene where they're going to the planet and the camera was, like, in the cockpit, and you were in 3D that I was like, whoa, this this actually looks pretty cool. It had nothing to do with any of the plot, the characters, or anything. It was just, you know, f- visually looked pretty cool yes. for a moment. I there, didn't but, see it. But it's like 20 years later, we need a freaking sequel to these. Like, Oh, even no you place. didn't like it? Oh, that movie sucked. <laughs> you're, the, you're the target audience. You didn't like it? Plus, it's like Dances with Wolves. I mean, come on. We've seen it. Let's go. 
Did you hear them this morning? Because that's no, exactly no. what they said. Oh, really? Yeah. So Did you someone see brought up that it was basically Pocahontas and Dancers with yeah. Wolves, and like Fern the same. Gully. Yeah. yeah, same. Like, like I haven't uh, seen Fern Gully, but I'll, I'll take one. your word on it. But I, but I liked the guy that called up. You know, really criticizing you guys for you know sort of wondering where the consistency has been on offense. And quote, I can't oh, yeah. wait till they're playing consistent professional football. Yeah, and then I'm gonna rub it in your. Then face. Then I'm gonna rub like, it in yeah. your face, and I'm like. <laughs> He's going to be crowing about consistent. <laughs> exactly. Well, and, 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 <laughs> and also implying that they, up until this point, had not been know, playing. Right. Well, not only that. And my, my first question is, when was the last time they did that? Because yeah. you have to go back to, like, last November, mm. you know, excluding the Jacksonville game when the COVID All-Stars came in to play Cleveland. You in December. Cleveland. I think right. the Cleveland You have to go back to November yeah. of last year. Um, and and which, exactly which time were they competent and professional? When they didn't have enough guys on the field or when they had too many? <laughs> Forgot about that. Or when they were getting three punts blocked? <laughs> Like, you know, which part of competent and professional are we yeah. talking about? And th- these guys, like, you, you want to talk about getting your claws out? Oh, yeah. Got oh, yeah. They got real bitchy. Get <laughs> three, yeah. Teddy, je- like, Teddy, uh, <laughs> no, we can't, we can't just, like, you know, we can't just say what we're seeing. We have to just, and Bill, we trot, like, you know, and yeah. there was, you know, there's a little of that tinge of that Teddy, like, mm-hmm. resentment uh, for Bill. Uh, 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 you know, a and tinge. And, any and, veins, and, any veins coming out of the Oh, neck? yeah. I mean, oh, he, yeah. Has, he has resting veins. Yeah, Cro-Magnon Teddy was definitely in full effect. Resting vein syndrome. Yeah. <laughs> so, it, they, and they're going at it, and then Hardy goes. So, so this. L- l- let's just say they go down to Miami, and you know they lose, you know, twenty-one seventeen, and then they, you know, they go to Pittsburgh, right. and you know maybe they drop a twenty-one fourteen game, and then they come home for Baltimore, tough team, you know, twenty-four sixteen. So, are we going to be able to say they, you know, they, I mean, they were they were one touch, one, one score games. You know, there's nothing embarrassing about yeah. it, but you're rowing three, but mm-hmm. you, you're playing. Consistent professional football. Congratulations! Yeah, how about they? Like, they like eviscerated this poor guy. <laughs> all he wanted, all I the mean, guys he was asking for it. But all on. the guys point. Well, well he was yeah. a little smarmy. Yeah. But all the guy was basically saying was, "Can we? T- like, we get it. The offense hasn't been good this yeah. summer. Can we? Can and we just kind of like let it play out in the regular right, season right. before we write off and the that, season?" And that was the point. Uh, I, so, Arkin, I called in from Vegas on Tuesday, and apparently, I sounded completely depressed. People were like, <laughs> oh, doing I wellness take, checks." I had to take his belt away. <laughs> like it was because it was bad. It was bad until the end last day of vegas everyone's depressed i I know well for different reasons (laughs) but uh but the thing i came to that i said on the radio yesterday was a the the game plan part of it which i do think is significant when you have good coaching and also just playing to their strengths you know i think this is and josh talked about it preseason you're experimenting and i you know i'll give them i'm not giving them i'm expecting it to be a total disaster but i think what paul laid out you know that's 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 the that's the world we're living in like they're going to be competitive i don't think they're going to get blown out by everybody but do they have enough to get over the top, to get oh. the last score or to get the last stop? That, That's that, the question. That last part I'm not so sure about. I think there are teams they could get blown out by. But I, I that's not my, my – my bar isn't like, well, Jesus, just as long as we don't get blown out. You know, like to Mike's point, like that's not good enough. Yeah. You know, can they beat teams that have as much talent as they do or more? That's what I want to see. That's what's frustrating last about Last year them. they basically only beat the teams that they had more talent than. Yeah. Yeah, they well, beat the hell out of their day. Yeah, I mean, you know, they had a, usually they, what with a, They had a couple of exceptions, in my opinion, Baltimore. With, the, with extenuating circumstances. They didn't even – no, it wasn't Baltimore last year. They they beat the but Chargers, which is a team that I thought that Chargers, had, right, right. That had similar meant, yeah. talent than yeah. them. And that was the only one that didn't yeah. have an asterisk in my mind. That yeah. was a good win. Baltimore was two years ago. Right? Buffalo, Same thing, yeah. You're Buffalo right, was, was completely weather-rated. Cleveland and Tennessee, because they were decimated uh, you know, at the time that they played. <laughs> Otherwise, you're talking about Jets, Jets – Jacksonville, like teams that they would, Texans. you know, Houston, teams yeah, they barely. just were vastly superior to on paper. Well, yeah, I don't need the greatest coach that's ever lived to win those games. Yeah. 
You know, the greatest coach who ever lived needs to find a way to consistently have his, t- his players overachieving. That's what frustrates me about them not playing the starters in this game because if you look at almost every single preseason prognostication, the you know the Raiders and the Patriots are right there next to each other. Eight and a half wins in Vegas. They're huh. both right there at eight wow. and a half wins. Uh, when That's you look at any list of the top 32 quarterbacks, Mac Jones and Derek Carr are usually right next to each other on all those lists. You talk about you know teams that they get blown out by or that they'll beat up on and teams that are on their level. I feel like the Raiders are exactly one of those teams. And that's why I'd love to see the starters play a little bit well, more. Well, that's because exactly have more what Vinny said, you know? too, like, right? Yeah. It's like, yeah. you know, in the past when they've played teams that were any good, they needed to have something fall right or right. catch a break. And I think that's kind of where the Patriots have been the last yeah. couple of years. Yep. They could do, you know, two years ago, the COVID year, you know, they beat Baltimore Weather. in a driving rainstorm, <laughs> you know? Like, yeah. right as they were but trying to, like, But come I don't back. care. <laughs> like, they did it, you yeah. know? And, yeah. you know, those are the kinds of things that you, you need to see a little bit more of. All right, we'll take a quick break here. Uh, it is Patriots pregame presented by Duncan. Your phone number is 855-PATS-500. Web radio at Patriots.com. Paul Perillo's taking off. Uh, we'll see you later there, Paulie. And uh, Arcan, me, and uh, Mike Dussault will be uh, ki- taking you up until kickoff here at 745. Quick break, and we're right back with more of your phones. Patriot Place is the region's number one shopping, dining, and entertainment destination. Shop your favorites, including Vineyard Vines, Express, Olympia Sports, Petco, and more. Enjoy dining at one of our 19 restaurants, including Six String Grillin' Stage, Scorpion Bar, and Bar Louie. And don't forget about the entertainment. Explore your inner artist at Muse Paint Bar, watch a movie at Showcase Cinema Deluxe, or grab a controller and start gaming at Helix Esports. For a complete directory listing, please visit patriot-place.com. In sports, if you think joy only happens after you win, think again. Look at the world's most successful athletes like Serena Williams, Brooks Kepka, and Alex Morgan. They don't spend all their days grinding away. They take time to enjoy themselves, like getting together with friends over a Michelob Ultra, because they know that happiness is the key to winning and that joy is the whole game, not just the end game. Michelob Ultra. 95 calories, 2.6 grams of carbs. It's only worth it if you enjoy it. Enjoy responsibly. A.B. Michelob Ultra Light Beer, St. Louis, Missouri. There's no season better than football season. And there's no better place to get in on all of the action than with DraftKings, the official daily fantasy sports partner of the New England Patriots. To add to the thrill, DraftKings has millions of dollars in prizes up for grabs every week. So head to the app now and check it out. If you haven't tried it yet, fantasy football is easy to play. Just pick nine players, stay under the salary cap, and pile up points for yards, touchdowns, receptions, and so much more. There's no better way to put your football knowledge to the test than to compete for a shot at $1 million in total prizes. Download the DraftKings app now and use promo code PATS to get a shot at millions of dollars in total prizes every week. That's promo code PATS to get a shot at millions of dollars in total prizes every week, only at DraftKings. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for details. Some people are never content with simply being good. Not when they can be great. But it takes a big step to get there. In fact, it takes a leap of faith. A belief in what you're striving toward. And a willingness to make the commitment, day in and day out, to something bigger than yourself. Putnam is proud to partner with those who share their own commitment to performance excellence. This is Matt Light for Putnam Investments, a world of investing. Join the conversation by calling the Ace Ticket Hotline at 855-PATS-500. 
or email the show at webradio at patriots.com. That's what they've always said about Paul. You know, That's what they should so, say. You know what? He's so positive. That's, That's the thing about Perillo. He's so upbeat. Live from our studios inside Gillette Stadium, here's Christian Arcan. All right, as we roll on, it's Patriots pregame presented by Duncan. The phone number 855-PATS-500. You can email us at webradio at patriots.com. It's Christian Arcan. I'm in for Hardy tonight. Um, you may hear from me a couple other times, although I don't know if this is going that well, so maybe you won't. <laughs> hey, it's <laughs> your first time. You're a rookie. Yeah. It's true, although you know what? Uh, Matt Morell and I used to work together at my old job. And one of my first on-air jobs doing, uh, like, an overnight show, basically. And uh, Maddie was uh, one of my producers. Oh. We had, I had a lot of different producers, but you were you were there for a lot of it. We bonded over hip-hop, you know? We did. That's right. We did. Uh, she used to spin at his college station. That's oh. right. And we also uh, would have music quizzes on the air. I don't know if we want to do that in the post game, but we certainly can if we... We'll probably we get to that point, I'm run sure. Run out of stuff to talk hip-hop about. Hip-hop talk, catfish talk. Big fan of the catfish show. I love the show Catfish. It's my well, favorite show. I mean, Mate Tayo, he didn't even know about catfishing I know, at that point, right? Because that didn't exist. Didn't catfishing exist wasn't a thing then. But that doesn't excuse... Uh, by the way, I'm tired of people <laughs> telling me... You, I, I mean, uh, we all owe Manti Teo an apology. I don't mo- owe Manti Teo anything. I don't owe him an apology. He didn't have to do those interviews. No one put a gun to his head and said, go on national television and do an interview talking about this girlfriend you never met never before. Never met. And, uh, and tell him how much you love him. That's going to yeah. make you, you... He knew. He knew he never met her. He knew he never met. He did not have to do those interviews. Something had to be shady. That, that was my biggest question going into that I'm not saying he was in on it. I don't th- no. I'm not, I'm not going to no. go there. But, he but I had, don't feel like I need to apologize to him. I don't think you should have been calling him, at least calling her his girlfriend. Like, right. yeah, and that was my question going into him. Like, how did this happen where he never met her? And then you get all the like, oh, my bad service. Like, how long did she drag that thing out yeah. before I... I, I, I but and it that's was not even to say I don't feel bad for him, because I do. Yeah. I feel it's a shame. It's a shame what happened to him. But I don't... I'm not going to apologize. What am I apologizing for? Well, because I had a joke. I mean, He's waiting a... on your apology. By right the now. way, he played seven years in the NFL. That's another thing about that documentary that pissed me off. They acted like he was one and done. Like he got drafted by the Chargers and he couldn't play and he was done and he was out of football. He was play- He was on a roster in 2020. Yeah. 2020, he was on the Bears. Like he played seven years. That's a good career. He, wouldn't, he didn't win anything, and he wasn't like a pro bowler, but whatever. That's a good career for an undersized linebacker. What's he doing now? Did they say? He's doing I, documentaries. I <laughs> <laughs> it pays well. I don't know. I don't know what he's doing these days. Uh, anyway, uh, I almost gave the other number. 855-PATS-500. I've, I've almost done that like five times. 855-PATS-500, webradio at patriots.com. Let's go back to the phones, what do you say, and talk to Allie, who is in California. Allie, how you doing? Hey, mate. How you doing? What's up? Hey, a lifetime Patriots fan here since 1960. All right. All right. And I just called to give you guys kudos because I've been out in the West Coast now since 1998. And I know it's going to be, we're not expecting a lot from our team, but being a lifetime fan, you guys make it very bearable. And I love your analysis. I'm not going to critique you or anything like that. Just say thank you guys for us Patriots fans who are far away. How's about that? What's that? Sorry, I missed that last part. Did you say that one again? I, I just want to thank you guys for oh. a great job on your analysis and keeping the interest up. And we have a you know a team that's in a rebuilding mode. Yeah, have to be spoiled for a couple of decades, right? Yeah, thanks. But, uh, uh, you able to make any? Oh any shoot, I didn't teams? mean to, I didn't mean to hang up on him, Ali. If, uh, you, if you guys, I honestly didn't mean to do that. Call back if you uh, want to. I didn't mean to call. I don't, I don't like hanging up on the old guys. 
takes them a long time with those rotary <laughs> dial phones to call oh, the number, so I apologize. But thank I apologize. You. Thank you for the call. That was, that was nice of you to say. Yeah, yeah it was. Yeah, we're, we're, we're trying here. Especially to me, because I don't even do this that much. <laughs> um, yeah, it, rebuild? I mean, is that is that fair? Is this a rebuild? Are we in a rebuild right now? I think so. I they think were a playoff so. team last year. Yeah. How much of a rebuild can it be? It's a rebuild, though. I mean, I you know, getting back to where, where I think everybody wants them to be. And I mean, I just I think it's such an interesting year. You know, you had the COVID year. I think any year yeah. one post-Brady was going to be a little bit dicey, but... You're right. You got a quarterback last year. I mean, you, you can frame it how you want. You, you, you can say, hey, we had a rookie quarterback. We went to, back to the playoffs. Or you could say, yeah, we had a rookie quarterback and we you know, faded down the stretch. And, yeah, we got in the playoffs. But it didn't really look like we belong once we got there. So, you know, Bill, we had a big free agency class last year. I do think that they've had a good couple of drafts with some solid players in it. Barmore, Mac Jones, saw a little bit of Thornton, uh, you know, and when you may be. But I think even those classes, 19, 20, 20, or sorry, not even 19, 20, 21, they got – they have some questions, and I think, that, like again, that's what they need. They need these young guys to start stepping up, making plays like young Dante Hightower, young Chandler Jones. That's that's how you get back to where they want it to be. And, and right now, I think that's the biggest question. Who's going to be the big playmakers on this team? Yeah, webradio uh, at patriots.com is the email address. Here's an email from Stephen in Maine. He says, hey, guys, can this defense keep the team in it while the offense develops? And also, Deuce, did you lose some weight? Looking good, guys. Yeah. Stephen Maine. <laughs> I think I sweated it out out in Vegas when uh, – me and Lazar decided to, hey, let's walk to In N Out. It looked close when we were driving into the airport. Everything looks like you can walk to it. You can't walk to anything. And like we yeah. then we're like going through the wasteland. I'm like, what are we doing? It was it probably was I mean we I looked on my phone, it was only a mile, but when it's hundred and five degrees mm. and uh, so maybe that's why I sweated it out. Where were you staying? Uh well the team was at a nice hotel. Okay. We were we were at a slightly in Henderson nice hotel. or in, in Henderson. The, okay. Yeah, we were in Henderson. Um, that, which was which Love was fine. Henderson this time of year. Yeah, my, I, I have family that lives there, and I've been to Vegas a few times. I just each time I go back, I'm like, I don't, I don't need to come back here um, unless it's for something like this. It's just uh, hot and crowded. And uh, when yeah, I was in school. college, uh, we I went to CU Boulder, and. I don't know. Once every couple months, me and my friends would pile into a car and we'd drive to Vegas and we did, wouldn't even get a hotel room. Yeah. And <laughs> we'd just be there for two Sleep. days. And then we'd turn but around and we'd thing. drive that's back no to Boulder. Two days. That's what you need. <laughs> and I was also in my 20s. Like, it was very, very different at that time. Uh, if I tried to go back there now, I don't think it would really work. Uh, we got uh, warm ups here on our monitor. See anything that's uh, jumping out to you? I uh, see some guys jogging. Yeah, that's no no it. Damian Harris. Okay. Uh, but but it looks like maybe this is returners. So this could be kickoff or, uh, or punt returns. Who's so got the inside track on those not. right now? Uh, you know, it's a little bit interesting. Jones, I mean, the rookie? Um, you know, I think originally we thought that, but you've been seeing more and more Miles Bryant. And, uh, you know, Marcus Jones was dynamic. I mean, as, as a punt returner, as you're going to find in college. Mm. So uh, His highlights in college are awesome. Crazy. Awesome. Crazy. I mean, and that's what's exciting. The night of the draft. All I just spent the whole night watching his return highlights. I know. This is yeah. what, that's what they need. <laughs> um, but, you know, I think he's been a little bit choppy. So I, I, they've been working Miles Bryant in. You've, you're seeing Duggar. He's gotten uh, some snaps in there as well. Trey Nixon. Uh, it seems like it's going to be a little bit by committee. I'm, I'm wondering if they're going to give it to Miles Bryant out of the gate and let Marcus Jones kind of earn their trust a little bit before uh, before they give him the reins. But it seems like a matter of time before he kind of steps into that role. And, and I mean, he was a real good corner. I mean, Paul talked about mm-hmm. drafting speed and guys that can match up with little quick guys, and and he was that for sure in uh, in college. Just quick change of uh, direction ability, uh, you know, to lock guys down. So so we'll see. He did get some run, too, with the top defense a little bit here and there throughout camp, but seems like Miles Bryant's pushed him to the to the back a little bit right now. All right, 855-PATS-500. That's your phone number to uh, chime in with us. Carl is in West Virginia, and uh, he's got something to say. What's up, Carl? What's up? What's hey, up? Carl. Do you all think that the Patriots defense is underrated? 
I love these calls. <laughs> these calls from like the Shenandoah Valley or whatever, like they've been tremendous tonight. They really have. Right to the point. Right to the point. Just a great accent. Quick question. Bing, bang, bye. I'm out. I feel I'll like Paul Feinbaum right now. This is awesome. <laughs> uh, they might be. I mean, I'll just say this. I don't I don't know what it's going to look like when we get to the regular season, but I had. I was going into this preseason, I was more concerned about the defensive side of the ball than I was the offensive side of the ball. And that flipped for me after watching training camp. Um, you know, I just think the defense has been disruptive. They've made life really difficult on Mac Jones and the Patriots offense. Does that mean they can do it to another offense, say Buffalo's? I'm not willing to go there yet, um, but – I just I love the front seven guys. If they can get after the quarterback, I think it can cover up a lot of deficiencies. But they're going to have to do it, and they haven't really had many answers for Tua. They haven't had many answers for Josh Allen. So we'll see if things change this year. All right, uh, back to the emails for a sec here. Mac asks, which of the defensive backs will not make the final roster? And Deuce, before you answer that, um, there was another one that I can, if I can just find it here. Uh, yes, this is from uh, Ray in St. Louis who says, uh, Mike, I know you and I are high on Peppers, but for some reason I think he's going to be a surprise cut. Yeah. Uh, could Peppers be a surprise cut? Anybody else in the secondary? Uh, Paul, clo- close your ears. No, I, maybe. I mean, <laughs> I don't I, No, I, I don't totally, but I, I will not be Paul shunned. Being no, I will okay. not be shunned. Take, take his volume down. We don't need to hear him. <laughs> I really cut him. Cut I his really mic. Cut his no, mic. No, I'm, I'm agreeing with you. I, really, I don't think he's... No, a, I, I mean, I guess so, anything I wouldn't think happen. it's crazy if they just look at it and say, we got enough. We just can't quite fit him, but... I, I think when I watch him play, though, he seems more involved in the middle of the defense. I, I don't know. I just I think there's something unique about him. That's why I'm intrigued uh, with his presence out there. And I, but I think it could be possibly more as like a linebacker role. And it could be something like week one, you come out and you're like, wow, I didn't really see any of this in camp. But but here he is playing this you know interesting new role. All right. Um, Paul, while you're out, you missed another fantastic call from uh, the South. <laughs> just another, hey, y'all, y'all think that uh... – I don't think defense is going to be good. Yeah. Like these calls right have been point. so good, and I apparently I was just told by uh, Matt Lapin, you guys don't often get calls from no, that I part of the you. country. You're, I mean, do you, are you big so, down in Kentucky? Do you, do you evidently are you bringing in the Kentucky? Evidently, I am. I didn't I didn't realize this about myself or who I appealed to or big whatever. In the but South. big in the South. That's what it's looking like right now. Um, any other defensive backs you think are in danger of? Well, I mean, they don't really have many, you know. I mean, they really. I mean, as far as sort of the thing at every position, like you know, we're talking end of the bench guys. I mean, like I brought up like Terrence Mitchell, Sean Wade earlier. I I think those are the only questions. Is there room for both of those guys? I don't think so. I think one of those guys. That's a great way to put it. I mean, we're not. You know, I, I. Yeah, and then Sean Wade's gotten hurt, you know, so he hasn't really been practicing, so that complicates it a little bit. I think Terrence Mitchell has a spot on the team, though. I just. I think he's he's shown a little bit here and there of, of his continued ability to force fumbles. He did it in the first preseason game. And, uh, and I I don't know if he's the 1A guy now, but I think you're not going to be able to always use Jonathan Jones on the outside against matchup guys like Tyreek Hill and stuff. I think you need one more experienced tall corner, and, and I think he's probably it. All right. Um, Yvonne in Toronto wants to know, how many games will Bill continue to implement this new offense before he concedes and goes into another direction? Um, will he concede and 17. go in another direction? Aren't you already kind of in too deep to yeah. concede yeah. and go I, in another yeah. direction? I don't I mean, think no. you can just yeah. scrap that playbook and move right. on. Now, you can say this element, yeah. we're not getting it. Yeah. We, we're going we're gonna to veer away from that. We're going to stick to this stuff. You know, Maybe we'll get Mac more in the shotgun. Right. You know, maybe we'll allow him to spread it out a little bit more, right? Yep. Evan talks yep. about this a lot. Yep. You know, he looks, Absolutely. He looks more comfortable in that. Yep. I would agree with Evan on yep. that. But yeah. I don't think you can just say, well, we've sort of streamlined the offense and we've changed some of the wording so we can play faster. 
never mind. Let's about, go back to the Never mind about that. Stuff. We're going to go back right. to the other stuff, which <laughs> some of these guys don't know because right. they've right. never and learned. And who's going to teach it to them? You know, like that, I That's mean, I can't imagine million you know, dollar question. As man. hard as it is for Matt Patricia and you know Joe Judge to teach this new version of the offense, I can't imagine them trying to do what Josh McDaniels did and replicate his. Yeah. I think you know, if you're going to make a change, you you have to wait till the end of the season and start over again. Bring in maybe an, an OC to implement it. Maybe. Yeah, we're uh, taking I a mean, look over you, here at. Uh, you, you could do it that way if you want to, Mike. I don't know why. <laughs> uh, we're looking at the uh, warmups here. It looks like uh, looks like Steve Belichick out there talking with Bailey Zappi. Bailey Zappi and Mac Jones, uh, the two quarterbacks warming up right now. Don't see Brian Hoyer. Uh, Hoyer um, is out there. Hoyer's out there too. Yes, okay, according to the Twitter machine. All right. Um, uh, heavy dose of Zappi again tonight. I don't know, Matt, I mean, Mac. I mean, I always like you know do the once over as everything look look. So he Normal. His, I mean, does he's he have his, his brace he's on? He's got his brace on. Okay. And, yeah, I see it. I see you know, it. So, uh, he, I mean, he looks I think he's going to go. start. According to Reese, I think he's going to play. And if he's going to play, he's going to start. Daniel LaRusso's going to fight? No, right? <laughs> I mean, am I wrong on that? <laughs> like, Reese thinks yeah. he, they're going to play a little bit. Yeah. If you're going to play him a little bit, does it make sense to play him in the middle of the game? Mm. Oh, that'd be weird. Yeah, that would be weird. Maybe against, like, their third string or something? The only thing I could think of if you wanted to do something like cerebral, which I don't think would be smart, cerebral. but... Um, you have them start the second half. Yeah. So simulate that going into the locker room, cool down. Yeah. But I, I don't know. But then it will be like, Mac Jones didn't come out to the third quarter. Is Bailey Zappi surpassed him on the depth chart? You know? I know I'll be asking that. <laughs> right. I'll be wondering that. Day. Exactly. Controversy. <laughs> Talk about it. Manufacture it. That's what, I, that's what I like it. to do. Um, let's go back to the phones. 855-PATS-500 is your number. Zach is in upstate New York. Hi, Zach. Hey, what's up, fellas? How you doing? Good. Uh, I'll make it short and sweet. Do you think there's uh, too much pressure on Mac Jones' shoulders this season? Hmm. Yeah, that's a. Uh, I, I mean, it's the nature of the position, though. I you know, d- yeah, like, I don't. It's, I think it's, it's just he's yeah, quarterback. He has to do it. I mean, I think we could talk about are they installing the new offense the best way possible for him? I think that's that's a good question, and and maybe in that regard, it, it there is a little bit on him. Is is he getting the best? You know, but again, it's I'm sure he's spending plenty of time with Bill Belichick during the week, so. I, I think there's a lot on Mac, but there's a lot on every quarterback. And, you know, he has to step up. He has to be a leader and, and take responsibility, take ownership of the team. And that's just the, that's what it is. You know, what, what, what do you want as you a quarterback? Guys, you guys hear that? Yeah. Is it Kenny wow, Chelsea? that is loud. Yeah. <laughs> I, feel, I can feel it. So I'm like, there are times, in, here. in all seriousness, yeah. <laughs> Holy there are times, and, and I don't know if it'll be tonight, <laughs> like for Chesney, yeah. but there are times that I'm doing my hits on the, the broadcast. Yeah, yeah. And you can hear it. Wow. Like, if you listen really close, you can hear it in the back. If he does Boys of Fall, you're going to get a little emotional about it? You're going to get a little worked up? <laughs> I don't know why you got to make fun of me. <laughs> Just because I'm not afraid to show my emotions. It's a beautiful song, dude. <laughs> hold on a second, Zoe. It's the essence, it's the essence no, hold that thought. It's the essence of football right there. <laughs> uh, All right. Uh, 855-PATS-500. That's your phone number. Let's go to uh, Jamaica. Talk to Omar. What's up, Omar in Jamaica? How you doing? Go to Kentucky, Jamaica. What's up? What's up? What's up? What is your opinion on the Bengals? The Bengals? On the Bengals? On the Bengals. Uh, they got whacked in the head by Aaron Donald yesterday, I can tell you that. By the way, I have a question about that. Because that opened up a whole a whole line of stuff that I didn't even realize, and it just now sort of hit me, that I may have been like talking about this thing all wrong. We were talking about the fights in Carolina, the Patriots and yeah. the Panthers fighting, and guys getting kicked out of practice. I thought they were getting kicked out by the referees. I didn't realize. It's the coaches kicking their own players out. Yeah. So, now, the... The Rams can, if they want to, uh, discipline Aaron Donald. They're probably not going to. Well, they're saying they they are going to. Oh, they are? Send them out yeah. for the season. They're going to suspend no, them? 
<laughs> well, they didn't say they're going to suspend okay, him. They, well, they, they should they, suspend him. I mean, that's you can't what you should do when, you, yeah, when see, you swing I, a helmet at somebody. But yeah, so I mean, Miles I, Garrett. I haven't seen this yet. I, I, I should I probably mean, look it up. Where do, where do you draw the line at practice? I like, mean, throw a football at someone, throw a helmet at I'll someone. I'll tell you what. Assault with throw, a deadly throw, weapon. Throw I think someone in the stands to yeah. you know potentially injure a, a person, a a fan. Like, where do you draw the line? Like, I think what's been going on at these joint practices around the around the league is sort of embarrassing. And I and I think the only reason why you see it happen, like they play every week. You know why they don't do it during the week? Because you get fined and suspended, and it's practice, so you're not subjected to any of that, which mm. the NFL even said. Yeah. So we're going to do that. You can stop it. Just make it everybody sus- susceptible to the same punishment. Yeah, yeah. it'll stop. And make the refs. The refs can kick guys out. It'll not, stop. Not the players. Yeah. yeah. Now the refs, to your point, Christian, the refs did point out individual players to the coaches okay and i think matt rule said that referee told him that chuba hubbard that day uh-huh. was standing over christian wilkerson and that's why oh matt rule, i thought it was kenny robert oh no he he definitely was he okay he, but I so mean, was hubbard he, but, that, every, but everybody saw that's that. assault brother gotcha. that when we saw the tape of that i thought that i still that think was, it was a hit i mean i think were, it was he, i think he he, he, I he came at him hot he didn't hit him with his helmet he, he hit him right in the head he stalked him from behind and he, he put him out i think yeah. that that was as dirty as i didn't see it that way at all but I thought that the the dirty plays and that practices, you could put a stop to that. Yeah, you fine and suspend people. When you start hitting them in the pocketbook, they'll stop. Yeah, that's why you don't see that every game. You don't see guys getting in fights like that every single game. I'm mm-hmm. not saying it never happens, but you don't see that on a regular basis. We've seen fights almost every single one of these yeah. joint practices. The Jets and the Giants the other day had to stop. They stopped practice like 90 minutes in. Because there's no ramifications, Mike. Yeah. I mean, like, what, what, like, why did these guys going to stop? Yeah, yeah. Sometimes like, coaches want them fighting too. Yeah, I mean, well, the coaches here, were, much, the, the coaches yeah. here were not happy. Both of them, Rule and Belichick, were not happy after that. Yeah, I'd imagine they're not. By the way, the caller asked, "What do we think about the Bengals? What do we think about the Bengals?" I think they're I very good. I think I they're mean, good. I, I, I don't think they're going to be in the Super Bowl. I don't again. know. No, if they're, no, I don't no. know if they're great. I don't know if they were. <laughs> I think they're probably ahead of schedule. But they're oh my they're God, very good. Who the <laughs> hell? No, I, I, I'm excited to see him here, and I, I hope it's a meaningful game at the end of the season. You know, uh, for the yeah. Patriots, of course. All right, let's go to Ray in California. Hey, Ray. Hey, uh, I just have two questions. Uh, do you see uh, this Patriots team get to the playoff in second? Do you see uh, a big year for Mac Jones on his second year? Uh, playoff team, I think right on the cusp. You know, I think they're in that area, but I it's going to be tougher this year. It's going to be tougher this year. Tougher schedule. Uh, as for Mac, I don't know. I don't know. We're, we'll have to see how it all kind of comes together. I'm expecting it's going to be choppy out of the gate because it's looked choppy here. I do think that they'll get better. But the last two seasons, three seasons, they've gone down the tubes at the end. So, again, it's just a, a really, really interesting season with the pieces that they have in place and, and guys that they need to take a step. But I don't know that they will. We'll see. Yeah, I am going to step out now. Uh, and I would just like just because I, I know this is going to probably lead to an email or two. I would agree with Mike. I thought the hit that I think it was Robinson was his name, right, mm-hmm. was co- a complete cheap shot because of the set, the setting, the practice setting. No one's expecting to get hit like that, right, in practice. And to me, that's part of it, and that's part of the reaction. Like, you know, like it's like Rocky. He don't think it's a damn show. He thinks it's a damn fight. <laughs> you know, Carolina came out there like, you know, frothing at the mouth yeah. like they're playing the Head Super hunting. Bowl, yeah. and the Patriots are playing practice, right. Yeah. That to me is part of the narrative. Like that hit was in, on the practice field, vicious, dirty, cheap. Every definition that Mike says. 
I just didn't think it was like I, I don't think it was like a head hunting. I I just think that the hit was completely and totally unnecessary. Well, so now that we know, as I thought, some hits that the Patriots had, by the way, in the game, right? Barmore's roughing the passer was a cheap shot. Yeah, and Ferrance's cleaning up of. Robinson in the game was a cheap shot. Yeah, good. That was a good cheap shot. <laughs> I like that one. Um, just so now that we know, uh, and you guys probably already knew this, but now that I know that it's the coaches who kick the players out and yeah. not the uh, referees, that first day, should more Panthers have been kicked out, do you think? Because two Patriots went out and only one Panther did, and everyone was like, oh, the Panthers are starting all these fights. Yeah. And not yeah, only I, one of them got kicked out of practice. Because that, that's not really what happened. The I, second day, the, that, the, right, everything like, started the second day yeah, on that, that play. Which, you know, that given hit, the people involved, it yeah. felt like a carryover. That hit that. on Christian Wilkerson the second day started everything the second day. Can I say one more thing, too, about this? Because I don't think that this is a point that's been really talked about enough. Christian Wilkerson's a guy, like, fighting for a job. Yeah. Like, fighting for his livelihood. And yep. this guy has kind of taken it from him. And yeah. I just think and, that sucks. And that's part of it, too. That's part of it. And I agree with Mike. I mean, I'm not, this, I'm not feeling the same way about the actual hit. But I feel exactly the same way about the actual act. The act was cheap. Dirty, unnecessary, every adjective you like want to Like, if he gets cut on Tuesday, you know, it's just, I mean, it's it's already an uphill climb for him anyway, but he just doesn't even have a chance the last two weeks. Uh, let's go to John, who's right, in I'll Nebraska. See you guys. Uh, Paul is leaving. Goodbye, Paul. See, see uh, pleasure as always, sir. Always nice to see you. Um, 855-PATS-500 <laughs> is the phone number. Webradio at Patriots.com is uh, the email address if you would like to... Uh, Get your thoughts out there before uh, before we sign off here at 745 and go over to uh, kickoff. Anything else yeah. we're seeing here uh, up on I the I can tell uh, you one thing. Uh, reports here, including uh, our own Evan, uh, Lazar, uh, no Damian I Harris keep forgetting Lazar works here now. Yeah, he just started. I'm always like, why <laughs> do you keep like talking? What, what do you love Lazar for? I know. No. <laughs> <laughs> keep, I just, I just have talking a about any other reporters? <laughs> like, geez. I got a passion for the all 22 guys. Uh, no, but but no Damian Harris. So he had left okay. practice a little early uh, on the second day and, and wasn't really seen afterwards. So... You know that's that's certainly something to consider. But you talk about Pierre Strong, Kevin Harris, mm-hmm. like you know, is is are you ready to roll in to Week One with just Stevenson and Ty Montgomery? That feels a little light. Feels like you need one more guy. Yeah, I'd agree with that for sure. All right, back to the phones we go. John is in Nebraska. Hello, John. Hi. Yeah, it's just been a few years since it feels like we've had a clear cut wide receiver one since the departure of Edelman and Brady. Do you think this could be the year with you know the addition of uh, that guy out of Parker? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That one of them could actually start to elevate beyond the rest. Uh I mean, not with Parker. I mean, I think Parker is what he is. I think he's a contested catch. I think quick he can be their best kind of wide guy. receiver. He right? can. I mean, he can. He yeah. can make plays. Like, don't don't get me wrong. But I think it's more of a specific situation. Whereas with Edelman, you know, third and eighteen in the Super Bowl, like you know, Edelman can get open and, and make those big catches. I, I just think he's the kind of guy where any. And I said it to Paul. I'm like this year. Anytime they have a first down on like the eighteen yard line. It's Devontae Parker. Toss it up the back of the end zone. Mac has shown incredible confidence in him. I just don't think he's going to have a ton of catches. He's going to have maybe some impactful catches and impactful touchdowns. Uh, I just I want to see what they do with Aguilar when they really get into it because I think he has that kind of potential with the good speed. He can play on the outside. He can get deep. Um, you know, no offense to Jacoby, who I think is solid in the slot. Um, but I, I I don't know. Maybe Aguilar, but. That's why everybody like Thornton. He's got that look of a yeah. number one type receiver. We got an email here from Daniel in Eugene, Oregon, who said that earlier in the offseason, the crew felt that Myers may be a surprise trade candidate. With recent issues coming through Man. with Kendrick Bourne, is it possible that he may have moved himself into that category? And how serious should fans be taking these reports on a scale of 1 to 10? Yeah, I think he's okay. I don't I don't think Jacoby's going anywhere. I mean, Jacoby had a little bit of a slow start, maybe the first few days of camp, but then he just came on and was like Mr. Reliable like he's usually been. So I don't really see him going anywhere. I 
suppose the Bourne trade stuff was out there. I mean, I, was, I think. Yeah. I mean, I don't think it would be crazy um, to see Bourne go. I just, it's like we talk about all the time. Like, do you feel that great about this group that like you can get rid of a, an actual NFL guy? Like, I feel like I want to go in with these guys, let them all play, see who really starts to pop. Because Bourne didn't look that great last year early on. He kind of came on with his big plays. So. Yeah. Uh, you're just not in a position to, to say, oh, we got enough wide receivers. We're good. We're going to move on from, from one of these guys. I think you need everybody you can get. You need to try to have competition, you know, push them to have one of them, uh, you know, emerge. All right. Let's go uh, back to the phones. Joe is in Ohio. Joe, hello. Joe? Oh, Joe. Yeah, this is Joe Burrow from Cincinnati. Oh, wow. Joe Burrow. <laughs> what, a, what an amazing – this is real, a big deal for the show. We got Joe Burrow. Sounds like Joe uh, Who played in the Super Bowl uh, calling in. What's up, Joe Burrow? Tom Brady is coming back to the Patriots. He is? You got that? Joe, you know this? He told you that? I'm big buddies with you. Okay. Thanks for the call, Joe. <laughs> you got to do a bit. At now least keep it going. Right. Jeez. Right. He, all he had was I'm Joe Burrow. Burrow now. That's it. I like Joe Burrow though. I I'll like tell Joe you, Burrow. man, they love me down there. You're, you're big. Love you're me huge down in the south. Down Kentucky. south. I don't know where. I don't know where this is coming from. You ever thought about going to Kentucky? Maybe. Now I am. Now I'm thinking about it. <laughs> Do big numbers down there. Uh, let's try uh, Kobe in Pennsylvania. Kobe, hello. Yo, what's going on, guys? What's up? Doing past nation. Kobe. Yes, sir. It's also Patriots Global for y'all who don't know the YouTube channel, 18K. Subscribe to the channel for all your New England Patriots news. But what do you guys think about this Patriots offensive line? Isaiah Wynn switching to right tackle, us hearing that he's, you know, kind of uh, not the happiest guy in training camp right now. Do you think he's going to be traded before the start of the season? Yeah, that's a good question. I, I don't think so, though. I mean, I think uh, – That was the other big trade. Yeah, there was, there was a big thread today from Doug Kide uh, talking about just overall around the league, the offensive line depth is, is really thin. A lot of teams unhappy with what they have, uh, looking for guys. And I, and I just say the same thing as I said about the wide receivers. I, I don't – I mean, I feel okay about the top starting line. Like, I think, you know, if you get Brown and Wynn and, you know, Cole Strange coming along, David Andrews, of course, Michael and Wenyu was, you know, real promising over the last couple of years. We'll see if he can put a full season together. But – you know, beyond that, I, it's it's a little dicey in terms of you know experience and and you know how's your confidence level and yeah. Yadni Kajust and Justin Haran like you talked about. I I just I think it's same thing. You don't you don't know for sure about your depth. I think you got to keep those starting top line guys and 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 hopefully he can get a season together where he's healthy and you know can finally hit some of that potential it's just he keeps getting derailed by injuries that was my number one key to the game was the offensive line and protecting yeah. mac jones and it's not even that i think someone's going to injure him in this game i just want the i want them to demonstrate to me that this is something they can do i mean so far you haven't really seen even in the good practices you're getting yeah. sacked all the yeah. time I, like this is a problem it's great and yeah. i mean i think if, if there's one thing you could ask from the offense of all the you know reports it's just that if they can Get the protection down. If they can in the run game, open some 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 seams in in the defense, and you know allow these running backs who are really talented and you know have a lot of promise to, to find their way and, and establish. I, mean, I hate establish the run, but you know that's that's what I think they're built to do is to you know base things off of that. That's why they went out and drafted two running backs. They want to make sure that this pipeline remains strong, um, but it starts with the offensive line. And I think if they're able to come into the regular season and be cohesive, uh, then then good things will happen. Yeah, uh, hopefully. Hope. Yeah, <laughs> be a real shame if they don't. You know. And again, I mean, you talk about depth at these positions. There's only a couple of position groups where I feel like they have legitimate depth. Some of them they just have a lot of players, but they're not very yeah. good. Like a wide receiver, yeah. it's a crowded room. Yeah. It's not a great right, it's a bunch room. Of two and threes. Yeah. They got a great safety room. I think that's 
fine. I think that's right up there, you know? Yep. In, in, like, the league, I think that's a good safety room. It's, uh, uh, their tight end room has three, four guys in it. One of them just got cut, I know, and there's only one good tight end, so... Is there depth or is it just some guys? You got they, two. You got two. Two solid pros. You know, I mean, I'd yeah. say Johnu and, and Hunter Henry are, are solid pros. Um, you know, do they do they move the needle as far as game planning by the defense and all? We got you know probably probably not all that much, but I will say this. I mean, throughout camp, they seem incredibly focused on getting Johnu Smith involved in a number yeah. of different ways. Um, and I felt kind There's of been the same a campaign way last for year. him for sure, right? It has been, and, and I you know I I was surprised last year. I think you know everybody was kind of mad at the media because we watched training camp. And we're like, wow, John Smith's gonna have a good season. He seems heavily involved, and then you know he just never looked comfortable. Everything that they did to him, it was like he's got a twist for the ball. It's not quite in stride, and you know when he had a couple drops. He had you know a couple turnovers involved with, with plays that were meant to go to him. So. I don't know. I mean, I, I didn't totally write off got those second-year free agents making some kind of jump. And, yeah. um, but, again, I just I, I don't want to get sold on the fool's gold again. I want to see it happen in the regular season. But Aguilar, him, Devon Godshaw, they, they've all been really good in camp, and I just hope it carries over because those could be game-changing yeah. kind of guys. I wanted to ask you about this, Deuce, and uh, Zach in Maine actually sort of is echoing my thoughts on it. But he says, uh, guys, I feel like our team is a bunch of old guys. Uh, Malcolm Butler before he got cut, Devin McCourty, <laughs> Brian Hoyer, Matthew Slater. Um, <laughs> these are sort of the core guys. They're all really old, even the yeah. veterans that they picked up uh, two years ago. Not exactly old. Old, but they're not young. Um, is there not enough young talent on this team? Does that go back to the drafts? I, well, like, I, don't, I mean, all the people he named, I don't think are really playing huge roles. I don't I mean, think I so do either. Think McCourty you, is. But yeah, 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 but otherwise. And Butler's I mean, not Butler's playing Butler's anything. So. Slater's, you know, Slater is what Slater is. Mm-hmm. Um, I think they're trying to get to that point. I mean, I do think, but you know, you look at like the rankings of where teams are, they still look like an old team. I think it's skewed a little bit. Um, I'd like to see that, like, you know, actually after the season in terms of playing time. But again, another major theme. Getting these young guys to emerge, you know, everyone's excited about Anthony Jennings. Everyone was excited about Tyquan Thornton. That's what they need. They need these new guys to step up and make plays in big moments. They can't just be guys who are out there playing. You need to find your next generation of playmakers on this team, and and that's you know what the opportunity is. We talk about depth. You know, it's just guys we don't really know. We haven't seen Anthony yeah. Jennings get a huge chance. So they're going to have those opportunities, and if they step up, the Patriots will be good. And if they don't, the Patriots are you know going to be in trouble. All right, we got about five minutes left to go here before we get to uh, kickoff, Patriots and the Raiders. And because it's the Patriots and the Raiders, and because the Raiders are being coached by a guy who was here for a very long time and who many of us, I think, believed was going to be the next head coach of this New England Patriots team. Uh, There's a history here. Obviously, the regular season game is going to be more dramatic than this one, but any of that sort of move you at all the the history the mcdaniels belichick thing the patriots and the raiders 22 years ago and you know the snow game and all that yeah. like there, sugar bear hamilton and everything like right. there's these two these two franchises there's a lot there's a lot of history and a lot of baggage with these i know two and that was what was weird being yeah. out there and seeing so many patriot guys and yeah you know, and, and just everywhere you choose look it's like chandler jones big smile i coach you know coming up to bill you're like i thought you guys hated each other you know <laughs> um you know brandon bolin who was just such one of the most beloved guys Jones here. had all his clothes on too, right? <laughs> yeah. That was good. Yeah. <laughs> That's helpful. Uh, he had his number on. You could identify who he actually was. Um, but you know, I, I came away feeling like I'm kind of a Raiders fan now. Like not, you know, not not to infringe upon anything Patriots, but you know, as far as the AFC West goes, it's just it's a really likable team. And you know, we talked about the the joint practices, like. There was no combustibility at any point huh. in the joint practices. There was no jawing. There was no tackling to the ground. There was even, you know, watching Hard Knocks last night, and they're yelling at each other, and you could tell, like, ooh, this could get ugly if somebody pushes somebody the wrong way. Um, they played with respect for each other, and, 
you know, again, I, I hate to bring them back up, but like just getting to watch the talent that they have on their team, it's uh, it's pretty cool to see. And, I, and I'm excited for Josh, you know, to be able to play with those guys and kind of step in with a bunch of toys to play with and, and see what he can do on offense. So I, I get it, though. It's weird because the baggage and you used to hate the Raiders and the yeah. tuck rule and you have all that bad blood, but it kind of felt like it dissipated when you're out there. And especially with Bill just glowing about their facility which, yeah which by the way for the media wasn't wasn't as great it was a little bit really a little bit difficult to get around there you were ready to be escorted a lot of locked doors and then like i said they put us on joint practice evening we're watching them on, on one of the channels how right was here. their radio station <laughs> like, uh, i didn't see it i didn't <laughs> see it they wouldn't let us do radio there but uh it, it was it was it was a it was a nice place but uh you know just a little bit tedious trying to get around any sort of i don't know i don't want to say resentment because i don't know if that's the right word but you know, Josh McDaniels was here for a long time. He had an opportunity to go coach in Indy. He was yeah. on the plane and then turned around. Well, he didn't turn around on the plane, but you know what I mean. Yeah. And uh, and sort of didn't and came back here and stayed as an assistant. We heard that he wanted to stay here, but then felt like there was nowhere to go and yeah. that he'd be here as, as an assistant and or as a coordinator and never as a head coach. Was there maybe something, in your opinion, that was promised to him? Or I, I mean, it's, it's, it's hard to say. I mean, I think if he was uh, signing up for this, I mean, you have to know that Bill is kind of Bill, and Bill's going to do what Bill's going to do. And I think, you know, signing up with the anticipation of, like, well, this is going to be happening for me at a certain point, yeah. that might be a little bit tedious. But I, I could just say, you know, from watching Josh and Bill during the two days kind of stand together and watching things, it, it looks exactly like they used to look when they were standing out on these practice fields. So I'm sure Bill understands it's an opportunity for Josh, and, you know, hopefully they were on the same page like coaches yeah. being taken and all I was going to say stuff. Josh took a whole bunch, um, of, a bunch of his guys you know, and, and Mick Lombardi was certainly really really yeah. involved with the offense out there so uh, who, who knows for sure but I mean, we know that's the nature of this, this, this business that guys go and, and when they have opportunities and you know this means extra for Josh McDaniels because we all still remember 2009 Ugh. week 5 pumping the fist DJ Pauly Too D much. out there on the, uh, <laughs> on the field a triple <laughs> fist right? pump Renee Rancourt out oh. here uh, just fist pumping his little head off. You got to bring. This I don't think they won another game. You got to bring that up to Fred because Fred was like, Fred was at the game. This is like one of the famous stories of yeah. just he was livid with that, <laughs> livid with it. Uh, and one more last thing, just to mention. Um, yeah. So Damian Harris, Sean Wade, Devin Asiasi, Bill Murray, Harvey Longy, Tyquan Thornton, Christian Wilkerson are the players that Evan hasn't spotted. So Devin Asiasi is a, is a significant one. All right. Well, there you go. You hear the music. That means it is time to get the kickoff. Patriots and the Las Vegas Raiders. It's preseason week three. This has been Patriots pregame. Game presented by Duncan. I'm Christian Arcan. It's Mike Dussault. And for Paul Perillo, uh, we say uh, enjoy the game. We'll be back post-game. Uh, Matt Morell, great job. We'll talk to you after uh, after this one goes down. Thank you for downloading this podcast. Subscribe on Apple, Google Play, and everywhere else you listen. Like the show? Please rate and review us. Listener comments and ratings help keep us high in the podcast rankings so new listeners can find us. Be sure to check Patriots.com for more news and more podcasts.